Hey everybody, welcome back to Black Mesa Radio with your hosts, Chase, Josh, Nate. Uh, today we're going to be talking about... What's your name? Well, my name's Seth. And today we're going to be talking about the wow. paranormal, space, and everything <laughs> in between. So let's get to it. Alright. Get your hands up! Get them up! Back on the street. When you guys are done with that mini keg, you should totally turn it into a helm. That it wouldn't be, fit my giant a, head, but it would probably fit one of y'all. It could be an interesting business, going around to bars and picking up kegs and then making them into armor. That would be pretty rad. Call it Barmer. Call it Bromer. You heard it here From first. From the kingdom of Newcastle. Make it all out of Heineken and then call it Bromer. Is, he- is Heineken a bro beer? I don't know. I think it's it's like the is it the not? high class of the low class. <laughs> See, this is exactly what I was telling you. It's like earlier. the bro that drives a Scion instead of a Miata. <laughs> Okay. okay. He works out at LA Fitness. <laughs> hold, hold on a second. Only wears Lacoste shirts. <laughs> There's a lot of good reasons to drive a Miata. Alright. I just <laughs> don't know if you're a giant bro, if you should don't be sitting in a Miata. Nathan will come after you and your family. Like, just cool. Nate, I'm sorry. You're kind of a bigger dude. If I saw you in a Miata, I would just start laughing. No, it would be goofy, but like, <laughs> okay. alright. I still definitely want one. They're pretty cool. Okay. Alright. One of the best handling cars for the money. Probably. You listening? <laughs> Probably. You listening, Mazda? I think a lot of people would agree that have opinions on this. <laughs> I believe people have opinions on this topic. So, <laughs> so they would agree with mine. Oh, okay. So last week, listeners, we were talking about the paranormal. Uh, if you have listened to last week's episode, you know that. If you haven't, go back and listen to it. Then come back and listen to this one. Or don't. Or don't. Or Quentin Tarantino that and just continue listening and then go back and figure Ooh, out what happened. Like listen to five minutes of one, then five minutes of the next. In fact, maybe we should go back and figure out what we were just now talking about. <laughs> keg helms so anyway <laughs> keg helms yeah bro bromer but yeah last week we talked about uh the paranormal and how we had a lot of fun stories we had a lot of, we just had a good time talking about it we were like let's just do it again next week and so that's what we're doing this week i think we can definitely continue telling stories because i know i have a few left but i'd also kind of want to delve into like what do we think is going on like maybe more the why question instead of just the facts you know just the facts, man. No, we're getting this. Oh, this you is ever the opinion Black Mesa. Only facts. Heard it here first, folks. Heard it here first. So, what if it's all just because we're in a holographic universe and like ghosts are just phasing projections from the outskirts? Of oh my that? god, it's like Dark Souls, where like our worlds sometimes overlap and we can help each other in boss battles. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> I haven't yeah. even played the game, but I'm like, yeah. Except it's, Definitely. it's like our reality, so those boss battles are like doing your taxes. Uh, oh my god, that's nobody so helps. <laughs> nobody helps. Everyone's like, mm. <laughs> whatever the good old days were on like Mario, you just jump on his head three times and that's it. <laughs> I wish I could jump on the president's head three times. <laughs> on what's head three times? I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> you wish you could jump on who's head? You said taxes, I thought government. I was like, oh, maybe I could jump on the president's head three times. I'll edit it. I'll make it. <laughs> We'll just, we'll, uh, we'll have a gunshot there. Uh, that's not necessary. I'm just. <laughs> Let's just pretend like Nathan said something terrible. Wish I could. Oh, oh man, no. Nathan. That's oh. disgusting. Let's just start right there where I said, oh man, Nathan, go, that's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> like, oh man, that's so racist, Nathan. 
Yeah. Like, what? No, it isn't. I don't really know what ghosts are. I think they're like, how do you describe something that is extra dimensional? Like it's, it doesn't exist in our typical three and a half dimensions. How would you describe that? With words, typically. Uh, Sometimes pictures. Hmm. Oh, I really enjoy like multi-dimensional pictures put into a three-dimensional or two-dimensional format. I think that's really fascinating. What in the world are you talking about? He's uh, talking about the hypercube. Yeah. Okay. Josh doesn't. Know I'm shrugging my shoulders is. here. So is Nathan. I mean, I know what that is, but for the listeners that don't, for Josh who doesn't know what it is. So, so think about the the way that physicists try and interpret extra dimensions. The only way we can understand it is in terms of our own dimensions. So if you put, so if you take a three dimensional, is it that cube that goes inside itself? Yes. Like yeah. the GIF that you find on the internet. That's yeah. The hypercube. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't know. And that that's is. basically. What they would say be the shadow. And Nate, you've totally seen it before. Object. Right, I'll right. So fourth if, dimensional objects have three D shadows, is what they say. Yeah, exactly. They have three D shadows. Oh, so, because we have two D shadows. Yeah. So a fifth dimensional being would have a fourth dimensional shadow. Yeah. So does that mean that the ghosts that we see could be the shadows of fifth dimensional beings? Yes. No, be fourth dimensional beings, but. But how would we know? Like, well, no, because because it also exists in two dimensions as well as three. So we would be seeing like, like a. A super dumbed down rendering of that being. Anyways, but so if you take that three dimensional cube and then you unfold it on all sides, so it, it's it's a tesseract. It's what in the shape saying? of a oh, cross. Yeah. If you make that cross into a, make all those squares into cubes, that would be the unfolding of a four dimensional cube. It's easier to see. Somebody go on. You can go online, listeners and listeners. And I'll put a link in the description. It's kind of difficult to to explain. Oh, there's also a uh, a picture of Christ on a tesseract. If you if you're a fan of art, that is. Uh, <laughs> I like weird things. Sure. <laughs> Just if saying. you like weird stuff, <laughs> man, have I got a link for you? How can I combine my loves of Jesus and fourth dimensional physics? No, it's actually a. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really well, famous. Don't we have a painting for you? <laughs> it's a really famous painting, actually. Oh God, I have to figure out who this guy is. What's his name? We don't have any art enthusiasts in this room, do we? I'm not even listening to you, man. I'm just laughing at what that said. Oh, no. Oh, that was funny. I'm gonna get so much weird stuff looking up fourth dimensional Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, band names! <laughs> oh band my name. God! Yes, Mitchell Jesus. <laughs> You're Good welcome. Band name. Oh, oh. I want royalties. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. So this is not a real band. You can have. Should it. I Google image this? I don't know. Like, Just do yeah, it. Definitely. Google image. Here we you go. Coward. Do it. I'm um, using Bing. It sucks. Why are you using uh, Bing? Who uses God. Bing? I was trying to get points. With Bing, and then I just decided that Bing sucks, and it's points not worth getting with the points. Bing? Yeah, you're still get, using it. You can get Hulu free. You can get free Hulu if you search enough things on Bing. How desperate are they to get people to use there? That uh, desperate enough to give people Hulu? Google's like, we don't give away shit for free. We just have the best search engine. <laughs> like, you're gonna use it because it's the best, and then you're gonna get on Google Play and buy stuff anyway. Oh, it's it's by Salvador Dali. Oh, oh. See, I told you everybody knew it and it was a famous painting, but Look you guys at the picture. Okay. For the sake of oh, dimensional I'm, I'm bleeping the Peter Griffin laugh that just happened. Really? That's what you take out? Yeah. So <laughs> many things of mine you could have taken out. You took bleeping out the Peter Griffin laugh. Bleeping that stupid laugh you just did. I'm really going to do it. It's going to happen.
Well, there's a weird one of Jesus coming out of an egg. Like <laughs> oh. a little chicken. Anyways, all right. Jesus and the egg. You didn't find it? No, I did find it. It's by Salvador Dali. Why didn't you show us? Uh, because well, you well, guys the listeners can't see it anyway. I, I guess it doesn't really matter. But anyway. But we can, we can look it up and like describe it, right? It wouldn't matter. It's it dimensional. It looks like a Tetris piece, but in three dimensions. Do you see it? How it's like a... Yeah, I can see the picture, Chase. <laughs> okay, we, but you're looking at it like I don't get it. I was just trying to... It's not a Tesseract. It's just like a plus sign like a fourth dimensional or three dimensional plus sign it, it's a it's a different representation of a test rack you're th- you're only thinking of it in one layout that is a unfolding of it, wrong, of it and not Josh. the shadow or a plus sign you're thinking of it wrong a jack like jacks when you play the game jacks that's what that is so i'm not looking for man, holy ghost the thing is last week we were just like in the zone for this kind of thing oh so last night i was reading some creepy pasta and i stumbled upon an actual, uh, well, I don't know if it's actual. There's a subreddit called No Sleep, and all it is is just people. It's supposed to be all real stories. There's not supposed to be any fiction on there, but it's the internet and everyone lies. All, all, the, all the people on this uh, subreddit are, get, all these people getting haunted are really good at writing prose. Yeah, right. Weird. That's kind of the way it is. But this one guy was telling stories about being a forest ranger. And he was telling about just how it was, you know, he's worked as a forest ranger for 20 years and he has all these really weird stories. And the one that I thought was the most interesting and that I looked up and found actual people talking about on other sites was he said that there was like an unspoken rule for forest rangers not to talk about this because it's just creepy and weird and they just don't talk about it. But he was like, I'm going to do it because who cares? It's the internet. It's like no one's going to know it was me talking about it anyway. So he said that he would come across about 20, 30 miles into the woods and like he worked at some national park. I'd never heard of it. He said that about 20, 30 miles into the woods when you're like doing a search, he's like, You'll come across just stairways, just set out in the middle of nowhere. Huh. And he said they're usually in really good shape. Going up or down? Up. And he said they just, it's just a stairway that leads to nothing. Like, it's not attached to anything, it's just freestanding. And he said it's like someone took a stairway out of a house and put it in the middle of the woods. And he said that all the rangers just don't go near them, they think they're creepy, they don't touch them, they don't do anything, they try not yeah. to talk about them. Would you climb it if you saw one? God, probably, because it's most likely, I wouldn't, I don't really believe it's anything, so. Well, what if, like, okay, just bear with me. Based Aaron. upon their stories. Anyways. Okay, so, like, we find all these, like, ancient artifacts or whatever that, like, we're like, what the heck is that? I don't know. So, like, you start, like, trying to figure out what star maybe they pointed at at what time or whatever, and then it starts to make sense. Like, what if it's the same thing with the staircases? Like, they lead, to, there's, like, some celestial body that they, like, point at, and so it's, like, supposed to be symbolic of, I don't know, something, ascending, whatever. Huh. That could well, be it. Right? I don't know. The guy in the hot spots. The guy who wrote the article or the not article What's the post. Hotspot? He said that he one time, like the first time he ever saw one, he was like really freaked out by. He's like, "Why is there a stairway here?" And then everybody was just like, "Don't worry about it. Just ignore it." And he was like, "Well, I'm uh, gonna go uh, climb what? on it." And they were like, "No, no, no! Don't, don't do that. Don't go near it. Just leave it. Leave it be." And he was like, oh, "Okay." And so he pulled out his phone to take a picture. Uh, on a more recent time that they ran into one, and he said his supervisor was with him, and that he like yelled at him and told him like he'd take his phone if he took the picture and all this stuff. So big deal about taking a picture. That's what I was thinking, and that's why I'm like, uh, this could be a mistake. This could be like a story. This could be nothing that's real. Right. Uh, um, but uh, I did find other people talking about it on other sites because I was I immediately Google searched it afterwards. So who knows? Nate, a hot spot is. More talked about by the UFO community. We're like, this is a place where you get to see UFOs all the time. But it's the same thing just for, uh, you know, supernatural ghost phenomenon as well. Where they're like, this place, you know, 
people who don't believe tend to come here and they see stuff that they can't explain. Uh, you know, a lot of people, especially in the United States, talk about, well, this is an Indian burial ground. Apparently, every time there's a haunting, it's an Indian burial ground for some reason. Because your people like to haunt things. Mm. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> who doesn't? Yeah. For a hot spot is also whenever you're you... dead and you have an opportunity to haunt somebody and you don't do it, I mean, like, where's your sense of adventure? That's the question. <laughs> do we get in contact with the dead? Pro- I don't know. Probably. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I've never done it. Some people say they can. I've seen things, but I try not to communicate. I've seen it with my own eye. But I try not to communicate necessarily. I mean, you wouldn't like uh, six sense that. We're like, you gotta communicate with them. You gotta solve their problems. Or you'll end up like the ringing it. We're like, you weren't supposed to help it! You fool! No, because I feel like, just like with anything else, if there are dead people that can talk to people that are living, if I ignore them long enough, they're gonna get annoyed with me and go find someone that they can talk to. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Because no one wants a one-sided conversation. This guy is no help. This guy's useless. Go find someone else. So just, I think we had started talking about it last week. Like, do things follow you or are they yeah, just and I told the story in about, a specific place? I told the story about my mom and the, uh, the guy in her closet. Yeah. And how it like followed her to her house or my parents' house now. Right. And so we, we established that I think we gave that a solid maybe. So things tend to latch on to people and places or objects from my research, not necessarily specific, uh, experiences. Yeah, uh, cause I think my parents' house was haunted, so it seems that something is staying there, and everybody who gets over there, well not everybody, I should say, but many people, many of my friends and many of my family have been like, there is something weird in that house. I'm like, I know! I know, I lived there for like, like 20 years. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know if things travel or not. I don't, like, I don't know enough about ghosts and the paranormal in general to say like, well, here's the, it's not Ghostbusters to where there's different classes and we can be like, well, this type will follow you around, but this type will stick this to an object. This is an electric ghost. Yeah. It's good against water Pokemon. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Nice. <laughs> ghost, ghost types are good at, what are ghost types good against? Uh, Fire. Psychic. Psychic. Yeah. Because they have the psychic wing and they can use psychic attacks, can't they? What? I don't remember. Yeah. Cause I, I have a haunter can. that has Psybeam. Yeah. Yep. Water Pokemon are good against psychics? No. No, we're talking about ghost Pokemon. <laughs> I thought you... Man, I was trying to. I, I got lost. One thing I can say about Pokemon for sure is that there are too many types now. I'm no Ronda Rousey when it comes to Pokemon. Okay? Since, like, the last time they added one. Dude, there's over, like, a thousand Pokemon. I'm used to 151. And then there's... they brought out Mewtwo, which is just a cyborg Mew. It's not a Pokemon. It's a man. That was in the first game. Go from there. It was in the first game. Mewtwo was in the first game. Mew, no, Mew was in the first game. Is what Mewtwo said. was in the first game. They both were. Oh. I don't know what we're arguing about. We all agree. Well, yeah. Mew, Mew wasn't in the game. You had to get it special from like tournaments and I'm stuff. I'm saying Mewtwo <laughs> is like Pluto, okay? It's it's a Poketoid, like a planetoid. It's not technically a new species of Pokemon because it's been gen- has it's been engineered by a person. There's a whole lot of silliness when it comes to Pokemon. I'm just going to say, like... Yeah. There's a Pokemon that's supposedly the creator of the universe, and you catch it in one of the games. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. well, 
if it created I mean, like, back in the day, kind of, like, okay, it's a turtle, like, it has, like, water abilities, like, alright, yeah, I'm with it, I can, a lizard I can right? fire. They're, like, they're kind of like animals, but, like, you can catch them and make them do stuff. Now they have like, girder. I get it. Yeah, and now they have girder, which, it carries around a piece of I-beam. Like, it's a that dude. doesn't occur in nature. There's also an ice cream Pokemon. It's like an ice cream cone. That's, There's also one see, that's this is also what I'm a sword. That's also a sword. It's too dang many Pokemon. We are off track. So, Pokemon. So is Pokemon, apparently. <laughs> Pokemon is always right Dear on topic. Dear Nintendo. Sponsor us. Why haven't you made an so MMORPG? Fun, I actually uh, got Mary uh, Pokemon X for her birthday, and we've been playing it. It's pretty fun. It's like nudie pokies. What? Po- Pokemon <laughs> X? Oh, Pokemon mm. X. I was like, what are you talking about? Nate, was, Nate's was, on, on the ball. Okay. I'm on the ball. <laughs> it was X and Y. Oh, so it's genetics. Yeah, it's chromosomes. Okay. And it's all about genetic engineering and sort of... It's actually more about fashion for some reason. So it's like the lost world with Pokemon. Yeah, the bad guys in it are like obsessed with fashion. Yeah, they, make, they were red and it didn't like make sense all about it. to the storyline at all. And they're going to bring fashion to the world. Or, well, they're going to... Yeah, they're going to like make the world a more beautiful place. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's dumb. But it was a fun game. So, Still Pokemon, so... Anyway, ghost types. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Did it. Anyways. So anyway, um, when it comes to uh, I don't know ghost stories, does anybody have any good ones that we, d- we left out last week? Nope. I can't exactly remember everything I talked about last week. So <laughs> just start over. Let's just just sit there and tell ghost stories again. Just me. Just and then I'm me. just gonna. Uh, never mind. I'm just gonna chill. Man. Okay. <laughs> One night when I just moved out. Well, okay. I hadn't just moved out. I'd moved into an apartment after I lived with Josh for a little bit. But I was by myself, and I woke up one night, and something was banging on my window. And at the time, my window was directly over what? my head in my uh, apartment. It was right above my bed. Wasn't it a second-story window? Yeah, it was a second-story window. But but no, it, it was right by the stairs. I mean, you'd no. have to reach up a little bit. But, I mean, the only thing I could logically come up with was a cat perhaps had jumped onto the screen and was acting the fool acting <laughs> the fool, screen. as they are wont to do i don't really know exactly what was going on but it scared the crap out of me because it was the middle of the night and it was just like this, dong, 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 dong. and or it was just some stupid kid that could be it too but it freaked me out oftentimes when there is shenanigans at night it's just stupid kids uh, my friends Lauren and Anthony one time when they lived, they used to live over there on Santa Fe, uh, they lived off Santa Fe. And they said one night they woke up because there was like a banging on their front door and like they turned on the front porch lights. No, they didn't turn on the front porch lights. They, they were out or something like that. And, uh, they're not going to listen to this, but if they do, comment Lauren. Get on with it! Anyway, let me know what I'm telling wrong. So anyway, they, uh, they basically, he looks out the people, like my friend Anthony looks out the people and he sees that like there's a person wearing a hoodie just standing at their door, but they're like, Right almost up against the people. And, uh, he's like, who is it? And they don't answer. And so he just keeps on like, he's like, I'm not, I'm right. not opening the door. Who is it? And they don't answer. And they just like start banging on the door again. And he like backs up and like looks out the window again. And they're like a little bit farther back on the porch, but they're still standing there. And I guess like three, that happened three or four times. And eventually they just like walked out, like just walked away. And that's not necessarily a ghost story. I was right. thinking, I was thinking more of the lines of like, Children, teenagers. It's like creepy shenanigans. Like, what, yeah. what are you doing? One, a couple things I can't explain. A couple things are the same story, just happened two different times. When I was at my parents' house, I would, I would wake up 
and I'd, you know, be, you know, just getting out of bed, and then somebody would say my name, but there would be nobody in the house at this time. Say my name. Say it would just, name. I mean, just whisper, like, Chase. And I was like, the first time that it happened, I was like, well, that's weird. And then it just happened about two weeks after that. I heard it again, and I was like, mm-mm, no. That's like a thing that happens, though, right? Like, hearing your name? Oh, no. That's Josh. Uh, I had lots of schizophrenic clients in the past that would say, like, Thought someone was calling me. Well, I mean, I've, I've had... You don't s- have to be schizophrenic, though, right? Because, like, I've done that before, but I don't think it was a ghost, necessarily. The thing is, when I, I've definitely had that happen to me before, but it sounded completely different. Where it's just like, Chase, or something, but this was like a drawn-out, breathy, airy chase. Okay. That is... And really, that's what freaked me it's out. pretty ghostish. Yeah, and this was at the same time that I was trying to do the astral projection thing, which I do not recommend to anybody. Yeah, I we think didn't say that last week, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we, you're really getting talked into... talked about it. Into, uh, no, Some we, things that we don't understand in this. We movie. talked about it, but only I said that I don't try it. You two were just like, yeah, I, I did it. I, I blah, said blah, blah. I don't try and it. And if you need a fictitious story to keep you from doing it, go watch Insidious and you'll be like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Pretty scary. His body went roaming. I never saw the second or the third one. I don't know if they're any good. I heard the third was terrible. I heard the second was okay. Never saw it. Hmm. <laughs> the first. They either loved us or they hated us or they thought we were okay. <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. Yeah. Um, so. Oh my god. Man, if there was anyone to come back as a ghost. Yeah, man. Speaking of ghosts, I wish he would haunt me. I would be okay with that. He's just saying one-liners to you. Um, I'm trying to sleep. There was a time <laughs> when Mary and I were hanging out at my parents' house. It was pre-married. And Seth was somewhere. I think you were hanging out with Justin that night. So you weren't home. Okay. Or maybe you had went to the lake with mom and dad. I don't know. Either way, Mary and I were watching uh, a movie. I think we were watching jaws maybe the whole house just went nuts like outside like it sounded like someone first of all it sounded like someone hit the house and there's more to this story that i think you got you might remember like about certain people being really weird at the time so it sounded like someone hit the house with a car and so i was like what was that and then the dogs start going crazy and so i stand up and like look out the window and i don't see anything and I go and get my shotgun because i so that's my go-to thing so i start going to the front door and then like the whole porch, it sounds like someone's on the porch just, like, throwing things. Like, just stuff. Like, chairs, uh, the... There was, like, this guttering laying on the porch at the time that, like, I could hear that moving around. And the dogs are losing their minds. And so, like, eventually I go outside with the shotgun and everything's in place. Like, nothing's out of place. But Mary and I both heard it. And it was, like, a horror movie, too, because I was like, I'm going to call the police. And so I pick up the phone and the phone's dead. What? I was like, why is the phone dead? <laughs> And then, like, both of our cell phones had no service. And this was, like, pre-iPhone, so I don't know what I had. That I had was actually a razor. normal, though. Yeah, so oh. that was that was normal. No, it was... I think I had they a... You get uh, bad signal at their house. It was like a like a slider phone. Like, one of those ones that, like, slid up on itself, but had, like, a semi-nice camera. Like, back right before Apple. Like, two megapixel? Yeah. Like, so it was probably, like, 2000... The iPhone was out, so it was probably, like, 2008, but I didn't have one yet. Anyway, nothing was amiss outside. Don't know what it was. Mary couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. We at first thought someone was outside just messing with us, but everything was normal. Like, nothing was out of place. So I've since thought maybe it was an earthquake, but if it was an earthquake, I feel like stuff would have still been out of place, you know? Yeah. And nothing was. And it was loud, and things were banging around. So I have no idea. I don't know what it was. Man, like, during my last year at my parents' house, this is probably the scariest experience I had. But it turns out to be hilarious. So, 
I was at home. Uh, I had a late class. I was in college. And everybody had gone to work or gone to school because my sister was going to high school. And it somebody, it seemed like, slammed my door as hard as they could because it rattled for a solid two seconds after it had slammed. It was like, and like, this, okay, I had had some very strange experiences just recently before this. And so it freaked me out. I was like, for sure that was a ghost. But turned out, you know, it was just fracking. I mean, an earthquake, but whatever. <laughs> um, I'm actually a former fracking business, so he's I, a fracker. I just think it's funny. Former fracker. I'm a former fracker. <laughs> former fracker. Um, there was one time where I was sitting in my living room at my parents' house. This is high school. I was house-sitting. Not house-sitting. I was snake-sitting for my friend that had a snake, and she was out of town. And so she was like, will you just like watch my snake over the week? And she was like, he's already been fed. They only need to eat once like every couple weeks or something like that. There's She's like, so all you got to do is make sure he has water and that's it. And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. There's a little boa constrictor. is about maybe two foot long, like, like that. And the, like, I was, so I would just get him out of his cage and like, just hold him. And he would just kind of like slither around on me. And we just, that's weird. I couldn't do it. I love snakes. So we just hang out and, uh, we were just hanging out one day watching Star Trek. I remember that. And then in just loud as can be, and snakes don't have ears. They can hear, but they don't have ears. Okay. They have uh, holes, but they don't have, like, ear lobes. Yeah. So something from the other side of the house. I remember specifically Mom and Seth had left to go shoe shopping for Seth for school. And from the other side of the house, I hear the highest-pitched, like, woman scream ever. Just like, ah! But, like, from my parents' so good. My parents' bedroom. <laughs> and I was like, what was that? And the snake freaked out. Like, snake, like, hissed and, like, I don't know if you've ever seen a snake get hurt. But where they like kind of like uh, and yeah, like yeah, twist yeah. and contort, yeah, it does that. And so I had his cage in the living room, so I just like set him down in it, and I'm like, because the snake's freaking out, and I don't want to get bit. And uh, I just kind of like, for some reason, I think like maybe my mom came home and they came in the back door and she got hurt somehow. Mm. And so I run back there and there's nothing going on, like nothing's in my parents' bedroom, nothing, nobody. I mean, by there was no one in there. The TV was off. Like everything was just, there was just nothing there. And I was like, well, don't know what that came from. That was weird. And it was just one of the creepiest experiences. Cause I think it wouldn't have been that creepy for me. Cause I would have just assumed someone was outside or something. Cause we have neighbors. Um, uh, but the snake, the way the snake reacted just like really weird. Yeah. Me out. Yeah. So yeah, that's something. That's a thing that happened. I mean, the thing I kind of want to get at, we're, we're just talking about supernatural in general. Uh, I had a series of dreams that lasted for an entire month. And I, I mean, I literally had this dream every night. Well, it wasn't the same dream. But there was an entity that was continuously invading my dreams and terrifying me. And the very first dream, I've never had a dream like it, and legitimately was the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. More fear than I can describe or more fear than I've ever felt in this waking life uh I, I was in my house like just like you would in an astral projection where like everything is completely real like there's nothing distorted there's nothing goofy going on like everything is exactly in its place as you would as it would be in real life but as i'm walking through the door my my parents are in the kitchen and i just don't really know what's going on I'm like hey i'm going back to my bedroom and then i look into my living room because from the kitchen goes into the living room and it is palpably black, like so black you could touch it. 
like the light from the kitchen could not penetrate the doorway into the living room. I didn't really know what was going on. And so I walk in and I take about three or four steps into the living room. It's a fairly, fairly large living room. And by the time I get two steps in, I can't see anything in front of my face. And then I take another few more steps. And then, Josh, what you just said about that screeching reminded me of this. It was the most ear-piercing shriek and physically powerful. It brought me to my knees and eventually all the way to the ground. It was so loud. But it was more than just a shriek. It was a physical emotion of fear. And I completely fell to the ground and practically in a heart attack somehow crawled my way back into the kitchen and I was like I'm not going back into that living room I have no idea what happened I told my parents I was like did you not hear that like you're just acting like everything's normal do you understand there's something in that living room I don't think you get this so my mom kind of made fun of me a little bit and she decided to go in there (laughs) And she's like, it's going to be fine, Chase. I got this. And so she walks in there and, you know, she disappears into the blackness after about two steps. And then you wait a few seconds. And then she just like, she sprints back out into the kitchen and runs into my dad's arm. And she's babbling nonsense, which I interpreted as leftover, you know, terrifying, demonic, like, I don't know how to, like, like, like the vapor of gasoline. Like, if somebody sprayed gasoline on you and you ran away from Leftover it, demon was, jet, you would uh, still have this vapor. I don't know. That's what it seemed like. It was just kind of radiating off of her as she, like, ran out of it. Musk. Leftover demon musk. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I don't know how else to describe it, but that's how it, what it that's registered like in the dream. Demon musk. <laughs> demon musk. Release your beast. Sinfully tempting. That's better. That's much better. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I, that was the the realest dream I have ever had. Like it just I didn't really even know if it was uh fake or real until I actually woke up. Seth, do you remember when you were a kid and you saw like a rainbow man? Yeah, but I don't know what that was. That was a weird. Scary. That was a weird story. Was it Elton John? That was a weird story. No, <laughs> That's like Rocket it was, Man. What it was? Is, you cried for like three days. I was. I was thinking of his, I was like stage like, I was like five or six. Like, the Rainbow Man. I was really young, like really young. You no. Yeah, I remember it vividly. So you were probably. Who's scared of rainbows? No, I was it, probably, well, you were probably six. Rainbow, I want to say Rainbow isn't the. It was like he was made out of like pulsating multicolored fire. You were six. Is, is a better way to say it. Okay. That I'm makes more sense. I'm fairly certain you were six. Like, I was, if I remember correctly, I was, like, laying on the couch. Uh-huh. And we were watching TV. Yep. And in this old house, well, it's not old, in this house there's... I love this old house. The, uh, there's the couch, and then at the foot of it, there's a spiral staircase. And at the time, the upstairs was empty. There was nothing up there. It was just an attic that had A staircase storage. going up to it. It wasn't even carpet. Like, the stairs weren't carpeted or anything. Yeah, they just had wood slats on them. It was the same spiral staircase that my parents still have to this day. Yeah. Uh, but it had, like, just, like, little wooden, like, thin wood slats to keep you from falling through. Okay. And jo- Josh and I weren't allowed up there. Yeah, because I was eight. He was six. Get hurt, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and I was laying there, and then I, like, glance up at that at that uh, staircase, because you only see, the like, banister. partially into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
uh, into the top floor. And this thing just starts walking down the stairs. And it looks like a man, like shaped like a man, but it's made out of like this weird multicolor, like pulsating. I wouldn't say fire. It was like energy or like something. Like vibrating shininess? Almost like it plasma? Was, yeah, something like that. It was weird, but it was like pulsating and it was changing colors. And that's why I said Rainbow Man. Can you can you describe like any specific features? He had no features. It was just like... Like a like an outline of a man with this crazy energy? Yeah, and like... It was like a man, but it was... Like, you couldn't see like definition of like head and neck. It was just kind of like there. Okay. Like it was just all one piece, if that makes any sense. Was like, he three dimensional? Yeah. Like a bad 1980s effect? Yeah, kind of. And but he was real. just walking down the stairs, and it, I remember it freaked me out, and I don't remember much else about it. You that. lost your mind, and you were screaming, there's a rainbow man, there's a rainbow man. And we were like, what are you talking? Cause me and dad, I was sitting on the couch with dad, and you were laying on the couch, like, just by yourself. And then, yeah, you were, you were like, he was in the attic, he was up going down the stairs, and, and we're just like, what? Cause me and dad didn't see anything. But, like, Seth was screaming and pointing at it, and we're just like, there's nothing there. And he's, like, losing his mind. But if I remember correctly, like, I jumped up and turned away to, like, run to you guys, and then it was gone when I looked, looked back. Yeah, it was. By the time you got up, because, like, you screamed and you pointed, and we were like, what? And there was nothing there, and then you jumped up and ran over. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't really remember much else. You cried a bunch for a couple days, and you wouldn't go near the stairway? That was probably nothing. I was probably falling asleep. Oh. And probably imagine. Well, there goes that story. <laughs> well, I mean, that was fun. I, I don't. Most of my, most. Well, actually, that's basically the only story I really. Well, have. I think that would make you, you also freak have a story like that. You also have a story that you told me a long time ago. You know, remember when we used to go to uh, Spoggy Creek is what we called it, but I can't remember. What, we were hunting in the woods. Kaimichi Mountains. Yeah, the Kaimichi Mountains. And you said you saw like a floaty ghost dog with red eyes. I did. I, I say that, but like I don't remember it much. I really don't. See, because I remember you telling me all these stories, and maybe that's because I mean I was like eight, nine. Uh, maybe you just had a really active imagination, or maybe kids can see things. That tends to be the case. I tend to believe that children are more sensitive to this paranormal, whether it's good or bad. So there's this dude on the internet called the Illusion. And I don't know if you guys have ever watched anything by him. He's just like this surfer no. dude, and he's just the coolest guy in the world. Like he's really the dude with the bowl cut. He's yeah, he has the bowl cut. A surfer with a bowl cut. Yeah, it's it's. When you watch his video about bowl cuts, you're just like, yeah, man, I kind of want a bowl cut now. <laughs> like the way no, the way he talks no. about the way he talks about it, he's just like, just do it, man. If you want it, you just do it. Just be yourself. If that's if that's an expression of who you are, why should you be ashamed of that? One yeah. thing I never uh, wanted I to be know. is myself. <laughs> But anyway, that's not that's not the point. Don't he, be yourself. He has this one thing where he talks <laughs> about uh where he's talk, he's actually talking about his little like one month old son and about how the kid has had no input from the outside world at this point, so he's just at, at one with the universe because he's just a part of it mm-hmm. at that moment. Like there's been no that's interesting. input from anything other than like what he's experienced in the womb and like those couple weeks up that he's been born. So he's like, he's just... Some people meditate their whole lives to achieve, like, that state. Yeah, like exactly. Ron Swanson. Anyways, go ahead. And so he's just like, yeah, this. he's like, he's a pure being right now. He doesn't have anything clouding him. He's like, he's seeing things and understanding things that we could never get, and he doesn't even know it. And I was like, what an interesting concept. That's really true. Like, our truth gets diluted, and we don't recognize it, or we just put it away altogether. I saw a metaphor once where it was talking about as you grow up, uh, 
Maybe I made this up. I don't know. I probably didn't. So, <laughs> don't put yourself on a pedestal. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know where I heard this, but um, as you shut up, Seth. No, oh, okay. No, now I'm I get you. I get you. At you. So I heard this metaphor where as you grow up, uh, it's this kid. He's like four years old, and he's looking at like the world, and everything's like bright and shiny and rainbowy. And uh, this adult comes by and hands him a pair of glasses and says, "You have to put these on." to go to the next grade right, of school yeah. or whatever. So the kid puts on the glasses and everything gets a little bit duller, but it's still bright and shiny. And it just progresses that way where every time he goes up a step, he has to put on these second, third pair of glasses until eventually everything's black and white and dull and boring. And then he hands a pair of glasses to a little kid at the ending. And it was just an interesting... Uh, I'm going to be Josh this uh, season where I'm talking about a specific book. It's that... Uh-oh. Uh, by Rupert Sheldrake... Uh, Setting science free. Because he's talking about this, about how science has become dogmatic. It's become its own religion with specific beliefs that you can't deviate from, even though there's not really any proof to them whatsoever. I was looking at that book earlier today, and I was like, Chase would like this book. Dude, it's so good, but I can't read it at night because I get frustrated and can't sleep because I'm like, yes, why are people this stupid? I don't get it. And then, and then I, I, I have to put it down or else my blood pressure gets really high. PBS was doing a, uh, special on the show Rick and Morty, which is hilarious because PBS, why were they doing that? Right. But it was their YouTube channel and they were talking about how they think that Rick Sanchez on the show is the world's perfect scientist because he's not constrained by the scientific method or any reality. And look what he accomplishes. He yeah, he just, a different, oh, he's a free oh, being. He, without the and... scientific method, you don't have science. That's the only thing about science that's real. That was part of the thing that I was reading. That was, I guess it wasn't Rupert Sheldrake, but whoever it was, the guy was talking about how you want, we need to free ourselves from the scientific method. Like, not, not get rid of, not throw it out the window, but how it limits things because if something doesn't fit neatly into that, then we just dismiss it. Maybe they used a different phrase because the scientific method is They a very straight up said the scientific method. Broad, like, really? Scientific method is merely a I method of inquiring. Hang on. This is what I think is going to happen. And then you test it and then you see what happens. Well, yeah. Like, Did the, that happen? No. Reevaluate your methods. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty vague. It's like pretty, it's pretty good. It's good. There's a lot of good things. In well, that's hang a, on. The thing was what, what Rupert Sheldrake is hang talking on. about is that people deviate from the scientific method. They, they make, uh, they have presuppositions, their own biases that they bring into certain tests. And they, based upon the results of those tests, their conclusion is biased by what they thought before. And what, specifically what this book is about, is the materialistic dogma that everything is made up of matter. And anything, there's nothing that's not made of matter. But the problem it's with matter this... matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. The problem with this, he, he did an experiment because he's a research scientist, very astute, very knowledgeable... Uh, actually a research scientist, not just some dude who likes to write books. What he did was he found out that it seemed like people could actually notice other people looking at them. And we've all heard of this. You can we feel somebody. This, last week. this actually plays really well into the ghost thing because a lot of times that's when people like notice that there's like a ghost. In that's the actually what I was trying, brought to, this up last trying week. to get at. Oh. Did I? Yeah, and we uh, talked about like oh how... Oh my god, deja vu, I guess, but I don't think <laughs> This sounds familiar, because we've already talked about it. Did we just time travel? <laughs> Did we? Turn off your phone, Josh. I'm trying to find that thing so I can tell you who the author is. Probably not. No, probably not. But maybe. Probably not. But, but yeah, no, we did talk about it last week. We talked about how there have been studies done where you can... Uh, your brain 
can tell when you're being looked at and when you're not being looked at. Oh. And we talked about how your uncle was like in his house and he yeah, tell yeah, someone yeah, was looking yeah. at him. I remember him. now. I remember now. Yeah, but what, I don't what remember I was... anything that I ever say. Like <laughs> I have to rely on other people almost entirely. For... <laughs> what I was trying to agree with Nathan is that the kids the had the highest rate of uh, being correct. Like they were getting up into the 90 percentile. Yeah, you talked about that last week too. It's it's important because it has to do with what Nathan was saying. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Okay. Step, it was important. It was off, relevant. Gosh. What was I saying? Back Step off. off. Back Go. off. Step off. Anyways. Oh, you bullies get out of my way. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good movie. Go. But did anybody have experiences when they were a kid with things that they couldn't explain? And when they got older, you tried to explain them away? Yeah, but I told all the stories last week. I was week, about to say, so. the ghost story I told a minute ago. Right. Yeah. Which is probably what happened. And there's so many kids who talk about, like, they, they have this, and this is probably just playing into movie plot lines, but kids who have imaginary friends who are actually communicating with something else. Ah, okay. The author was Paul Fairbend, and the book is called Against Method. Really? I've never heard of that dude or that boat. <laughs> well, then it must not be credible. I didn't say that. I just said <laughs> I've never heard of that dude or that boat. Well, that's what, I mean, apparently it's all about how we make things too rigid. Um, from, and I haven't read it, so I don't know if it's a good argument or a bad argument. I just know that they were talking about it in this thing I watched, where they said it's, he argues that science is too dogmatic and that if something True. doesn't fit neatly into a place that we can sort it and look at it and test it and retest it, then we can't, we just dismiss it without really giving it a chance. Okay. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Just because we don't have methods of really recognizing it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Because I, yeah. I, I believe our own mind is its own tester of what reality is. We don't necessarily have to have a, a physical lab to put things in. Just like neutrinos. Uh, according to science, there are lots of neutrinos out there, but we can only notice like 0.01% of them flying around. Like it, it's, it's a ridiculous minimalist fraction like they just don't interact with the physical world like the rest of the physical world does it's a neutrinos are subatomic particles so there must be other things out there that are just so inert that they don't really react with any type of uh you know photo detectors which which could possibly be what people call you know dark matter or uh, dark energy. This is really the only argument for it is that it just doesn't interact with our with the world that we know. So going back to what you were talking about, that's you, exactly what scientists say. Dark matter is dang it, no, just forget it. Whatever, just you touched on it, but you're talking about <laughs> kids that have like imaginary friends that turn out to not be imaginary friends. Yeah, like that's a really like common trope that you get in like a lot of horror stories and movies and everything. Come play yeah. with me, but in my Mr. sister. Bubbles. Okay, so I'm like the. Th- I'm, like, twice removed from this story. I'm, like, the third person in line telling the story or whatever, so, like, my details aren't very good. But if we ever have my sister as a guest, I'm going to make her tell the story again. Okay. I want to have your sister as a guest, by the way. I think it'd be fun. It'd be interesting. Seth, you need to not be here another night so we can have a guest. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We, just, we kidding. just need to buy another mic. We that's, do. Honestly, do that's that. what we need to do, and we need to figure out how to set up a second mic. I have a guest <laughs> mic. It's made by Mad Cats. Anybody get that? No. Yeah, Isn't no, that the yeah. off-brand of Black Cats for Firecrackers? No, it's... It's a joke. So this girl that I think <laughs> my sister, I think it was, I'm pretty sure my sister knew her directly. But anyway, she had like two daughters, like obviously one was older and one was younger. Mm-hmm. 
And they, like, had an imaginary friend. They started having this imaginary friend around the house. And it was, like, this woman and, like, I don't remember what her name was, but let's say, like, her name's Sally or whatever. And, like, they would, like, talk to Sally and, like, they'd play and stuff. And, like, while they were, like, in their, like, playroom or whatever and they were, like, playing, they would be, like, talking to Sally. And, like, it was an imaginary friend kind of situation. And, uh, kind of like your typical thing. And then, like, one day she was, like, okay, it's time to go to bed. And... They were like, they had two stories to their house, mm-hmm. so she was gonna like take them up the stairs, and they were like, oh, we can't go up there right now. And she was like, why? She's like, Sally's on the stairs, and she has her daughter with her, and she doesn't want us up there right now. So uh. we can't go up there. And she was like, that's really weird. But then like later, like in the house, they found like, like, I think it was in like a drawer, like in a dresser that was left, like, you know, like when you buy a house, sometimes there's already furniture in it. Mm-hmm. There's like a dresser in there and like written in the bottom of the drawer was like, it wasn't like beware the ghost, but it was like, it was like something about, something about like Sally something. Like it was like really weird. It's like this weird connection that like is hard to explain unless you believe like in ghosts and stuff. Hmm. But it was like, I don't know. It was pretty crazy. You know, that's a really stupid sounding version of that story, but the version of my sister. I've heard your sister's version and it is indeed spooky. This too, is not nearly as spooky, but when we moved into the house, uh, my, my childhood house, in the bedroom that I grew up in was a giant Confederate flag. It literally took up an entire wall. You racist. I moved into the house. Racist. Anyways. You moved into a racist house. <laughs> probably. But we tried to paint over it, but you can still see the stars and bars outlined, even though you painted over it. And uh, So many Oklahomans would be so proud. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was a kid. I didn't care. It was whatever. I just wanted yeah. my room. Didn't and care about freedom? Nope. Hey. Didn't care about traitors to the U.S. of A? When you're five US years old, a. you don't have freedom. Your parents US tell you a. everything. This it's a dictatorship. True. Anyways, but for some reason as a kid, I had a fascination, not like I had any uh indoctrination into the beliefs of such things, but I thought the swastika was a really cool-looking design. It is a really cool-looking design. The thing is, it's a Japanese symbol for peace, which oh, is why they I think adopted it. Things, I think it's Indian. How many things have the Nazis ruined? It is totally Japanese. That awesome they mustache symbol, that Hitler the had? The name Adolf? <laughs> the, yeah. yeah, Mary's great-grandpa was named, or great-uncle, grandfather, someone was named Adolf. And they, like, it was a family name, and now they're like, well, not a family name anymore. And yeah. racism. They just ruined it for everybody, you know? But like no one wants to admit that the South ruined the Confederate flag. Like, <laughs> like, and it's it's a cool looking flag. Technically, the technically it's yeah, not it the is. Confederate. Like the Confederate flag wasn't the, the flag of the South. It's the Confederate battle flag. Yeah, it's the battle flag. Also, it was made up because they didn't like the South didn't like their flag that they had made originally, and so they, they had were like, like five of them. They had yeah, they had multiple flags because they kept like they're like this is our new flag and they're like yeah, it's well they weren't stupid. a country yet they're trying to figure it out that's true that's well true. the U S had quite a few flags during yeah. the Revolutionary War they were all kind of the same theme go back and look at the different Confederate flags they are the, all different uh, well yeah. they're, they're, well the there's last, a lot of the, the same half thing. dozen were really similar right but before that it was pretty much yeah whatever you want to make goes anyway no one wants to admit or at least a lot of people don't that the South just completely ruined that flag like it's like it's a racist thing like whatever. It means to you, I don't know. Like, maybe the swastika to you still means a symbol of peace, but you don't put it on your car. Like, man, I was, I was looking at a lot of pictures that were pre-World War II, and there was so many teams and so many organizations that took the swastika as their symbol. 
And before that, it was like, yes, this is this is the symbol of peace and love and harmony and existence and all this stuff. And then it's like, no, it's the uh, the symbol of genocide. And how did Hitler the Buddhist swastika? Buddhist swastika is Indian symbol of peace. It's not Indian. It's Buddhism originated in India, Josh. I know it did, but it's not. This is coming from the Japanese. Boom, roasted. Whatever. It's coming from the (laughs) Japanese sex. Taken from a kanji symbol. Anyway, Chase, you were talking about how much you loved Nazis and swastikas. Yeah, (laughs) I was talking about that, and for some reason as a kid, I was carving swastikas into the woodwork of my home. Oh my god. Of course, yeah, this very, this frustrated my mom. Don't edit that, that's real, it's raw. You know? Feeling. Maybe there was something pushing me to love the swastika, I don't really know, it was so beautiful. But, or perhaps I was meant to be an art student and just love beautiful things that are ugly. Hitler was an art student. Oh my god! So Chase is the reincarnation of Hitler. You know, I can make a wicked little Adolf stash. Aberdolf Linkler. Um, <laughs> anybody with a decent mustache, I feel, can make a pretty, pretty Aids wicked Adolf stash. Way to take the thunder out from underneath me, Nathan. That's really rude of you. You had none to begin with. Continue. The thunder from down under. Did anyway. I, I don't know. So the thought. thunder was underneath him. It made sense. I got you. Thank you. <laughs> I see how, I see how you got there. Okay, so going to this, uh, this guy, Paul Fairbend, and the scientific method. I know this isn't about paranormal stuff at all, but I found kind of an argument for what he was talking about on his Wikipedia page. What are you doing? I got, I, okay. Oh, this, I see. What, yeah. This okay. little mini literally peed all over my leg, so I'm trying to wipe it off. That's why I'm not talking right now. I'm just going to edit that to where you say this little mini literally peed all over my leg. <laughs> And people are going to be like, what are they talking about? Dang it, Seth, control your bladder. Tell me what to do. Okay, so it says, uh, in his books Against Method and Science in a Free Society, Feyerman defended the idea that there are no methodological rules which are always used by scientists. Always used is the key word there. He objected to any single perspective scientific method on the grounds that any such method would limit the activities of scientists and hence restrict scientific progress. In his view, what in the world? No, that that comes keep, later. Just keep going. Oh my gosh. Just they're making going. weird, listeners are making weird stuff is happening. In Chase, his view, I think, I think Chase just propositioned me. I don't, I think he did. I was just mimicking Nate's movements over there. I was just confused. Uh, I don't know what's going on. In his view, science would benefit, <laughs> science would benefit more uh, from a dose of theoretical science. anarchism, um, than it would from the scientific method. He also thought that theoretical anarchis- anarchism was des- desirable because it was more humanitarian than other systems of organization and not imposing rigid rules on scientists themselves. See, he... But the definition of science is a specific method of inquiry, so you would have to call it something completely different than science. And what what he's doing is blurring the lines between science, politics, and philosophy. But that's the thing. Like, that's his argument, is that originally, scientists back in the day, you didn't go to school and become a chemist. You weren't told, well, if you're going to be a scientist, you have to pick a route. Like, back in the day, like Aristotle, Socrates, like these, uh, you know, Newton, they were guys that just studied everything. Renaissance men. Yeah, they studied the world. They studied art. They studied science, philosophy, religion. And they used everything to, like, kind of come into their ideas. And that's kind of, I think that's more of what he's saying. Okay. I think he's saying. A lot. They were wrong a lot, but they were also right a lot. Yeah. They, they, no, 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 yeah. Science leaped forward amazingly because they had this free thought. We didn't have kids going to school being told, this is how you critically think about things. Well, and it's this not, this is the method. It's not, if you want to be a scientist, you have to follow this route. It's, if you want a science degree and you want us to teach you about science, pick a route. 
True story, because I guess any regular person could be like, I want to study this, this, and this. Yeah. And like, then, I, I don't know why I'm, I don't know why I'm defending things. <laughs> Whatever. I feel like devil's advocate tonight. But I, he, so. uh, I am a lot, I think. From, like, the little bit fun. I saw True earlier and the little bit I read. It is really fun. <laughs> the little bit I read after that and the little bit I just read, it sounds like he's really making the argument for kind of like, we should be a society of renaissance men. No, I think we talked about that last season, actually. I, I argued the same point. I guess I just misunderstood what he was saying. But your interpretation, I would completely agree with that, though it doesn't help you in your career necessarily, but it definitely makes you a better scientist when you study philosophy and religion and politics. You You study all these things because nothing is really... Set apart in its own. It, it's nothing is one thing. Well, yes, the, they're they're all overlapping magisterium. The thing is, though, it wouldn't be accepted. Like, say someone created something amazing. They find they make a discovery that we haven't made yet about the world. Whatever doesn't matter. Just okay. discovery. Okay, that discovery, if it came from just a regular Joe Blow mechanic who also happens to be into like 16th century art and poetry and like study religion and philosophy and stuff. But he's just like a regular guy dropped out of high school, became a mechanic, figured this out. It's not going to be taken seriously. It's going to be replicated eventually by someone. Yeah. And but they they're going to the be credit. the ones that get the credit for it because they were the ones that like <laughs> went through the, the, the acceptable routes of doing it. While this guy. Like your math teacher for Algebra 1 is like, nope, you got the right answer, but that's not the way I wanted you to do it. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, that sucks. I, I understand that. Actually, there was a plumber. I forget his name, but he actually became Joe the Plumber, uh, a, a famous scientist. Now he, in Mario. his retirement, he decided to study quantum he physics, and he disproved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice! That was such a good joke. That was so he good. Said dude. Plumber. He said Mario. He became a doctor. Doctor Mario became. Come on, Chase. Uh, Tetris ripoff. Oh, Continue. It wasn't a Tetris ripoff. It's a puzzle game. Okay, it's a cascading puzzle game. That's true. I guess it is a. Anyways, uh, th- pretty, this pretty plumber. Disprove the theory of, uh, oh my god, I'm drawing the weirdest blank ever. Uh, th- it's okay, I'll cut out all this once you think about it. Just oh, like, thank god. Just say, you said theory of, and then just start on that word. The, the crippled scientist. <laughs> Is that what it was? I want to say Steven Spielberg, but I know it's not <laughs> Stephen <laughs> Hawking. Stephen Hawking. <laughs> <laughs> the famous scientist Steven Spielberg. <laughs> the crippled scientist is also a good band name. The cr- uh, yeah, that's not bad actually. Anyways, so well, although people would think you were making fun of Stephen Hawkins and everybody loves him, so they'd yeah, be really mad at you. That would be. Oh, you're, you're like that's, hate not, that's me. not how we meant it. That's not how we meant it. No, I wasn't making fun of his condition. Uh, but Stephen Hawking's theory about the where information goes when it enters into black holes was disproven by a plumber, which I forget his name. He actually revamped that theory. Uh, there was an article about it this week. Talking about how he was wrong originally, but now he thinks he's figured it out. And like. The dude already figured it out for him. Okay. Well, I'm just saying that uh, Stephen Hawkins came out this week, like yesterday, I think. Hmm. Uh, and was talking about how like, this is what happens now. And everybody's like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. So, huh. I don't know. Maybe he stole that guy's thing. <laughs> but what, what did that guy say? Uh, well, getting into really complicated things for people who are much smarter than me. Uh, Stephen Hawking said that once energy enters into a black hole, it cannot be, uh, reversed. So, so essentially, it's not a, it's a non-Newtonian thing because the, uh, you lose the, 
the ma- it's destroyed. The energy's gone. The the information behind it is destroyed, so it's no it's longer a conservation paradox. A state function. Yeah. Yeah. This this is getting into very very specific it's, science. It no longer follows the rule of the conservation of energy, is what you're saying. Like it's just like not there. Correct. So yeah. basically, the theory is: so if you put a a food coloring drop into water, you know, you, you look at it and you see how it starts to spread and swirl. Like you're you're not even looking at. There's no flow. It's just still water. It still starts to spread and flow. the The scientific theory is that that can, if we had the right instrument we could reverse that because all the information is there because it's just an equal and opposite reaction but so it's laminal flow well that doesn't really apply sorry i'm just saying it, it would be if laminar you reverse flow. it and it comes back to the same place that's what it is okay I, I could see laminar flow let's call it that so this thing is going forth but when it enters a black hole it no longer is in a recognizable cause and reaction state, which was a paradox in the scientific community because that's really not what they believe. So this part, I don't fully understand. The plumber guy, he was like, no, it's just a hologram. So when it enters into the event horizon, it only appears to stay in this certain state. But And that's where I'm lost. <laughs> He's like, it actually is this. And I'm like, uh, Good ending to that story. Uh, okay. Dude, that's, that stuff is complicated. Let me tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> the Earth is not simple. I should say the universe. <laughs> the Earth is also complicated, though. Yeah, so both yeah. of those statements were correct. Most the Earth is definitely. not a cold, dead place. You're, you're trying to put me on the spot to explain... Nobody the, put you on the nobody spot. Nobody put you on the spot. You just you started ranting. You put on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, right. Let me explain this thing that I don't understand at all. <laughs> I was just trying to point out that somebody else disproved Stephen Hawking that he's not the smartest man who ever lived, even though he is an extremely smart man. Why, why are you hating on Stephen Hawking? Because he's not the smartest man that ever lived. Everybody Chase needs doesn't a respect him. Chase only I actually don't. The, the strongest of minds. <laughs> Once he came out with the multiverse theory, which is completely untestable and doesn't have anything, I just kind of was like... He's a oh, theoretical physicist. A theoretical physicist have do. to have something to back him up. He can't just write a fictitious story. He might as well be a Scientologist. He just made it up. Or Don't a science fiction us. author. Anyway. Ghost. So, <laughs> so ghosts. So I think yeah, ghosts are ghosts. coming in from a multi- another dimension. A multiple dimension place. So the multiverse <laughs> You want to say that again? Articulate. <laughs> you want to say that again, Josh? <laughs> I think ghosts are coming in from another dimension. There you go. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yep. I think that they are after effects and or shadows of things that we can't see in other dimensions that are bleeding over into ours. So I was watching That's as this valid as anything else. <laughs> completely ridiculous UFO whatnot channel. And there was this guy who was like, yeah, I've met like 32 different aliens and, uh, you know, I can name each different one of them. And there was like, you know, I do believe in aliens, but to Clearly. a certain to a certain point, okay, so my wife, Samantha, is always like, you don't believe in aliens. I was like, I do. I just, aliens is a misnomer because I don't believe in aliens like conspiracy theorists, people believe in aliens. But anyways. Chase believes they're spirits, listeners, demon spirits, things, other dimensional beings that are coming into ours. 
Pretty much. Yeah, that, that's essentially what I believe. Not necessarily. I mean, that could be aliens. They could be from another planet coming in from another dimension, but he doesn't believe that they're bound to this dimension. Correct. So I watched this thing on the Fireside Chats, which is – oh, Higher Side Chats. I'm sorry, Higher Side Chats. Oh, I was like, oh, you were listening to FDR. I wasn't listening to – no, it was not FDR. It was the Higher Side Chats, which is based on the Fireside Chats. But it's with this guy. Nathan got me into the podcast. It's cool. I've um, listened to it in a long time. Yeah. There's this one though where friend, friend of the podcast, the higher side chats. <laughs> yeah. Not not really. There is an episode. Give us money. <clears throat> yeah. No, what? <laughs> we don't have any friends. <laughs> That's true. Uh, there is an episode where they are talking to this guy who is like the most arrogant person I've ever met, and he's straight up bonkers. Um, and I say that with all of Don't my psych- look at me, sir. <laughs> I say that with all of my psychology background. Like this man is just a schizophrenic that people listen to for some reason because he's your gross. diagnosis is bonkers. Hey, that's that's <laughs> pure yeah. capitalism. He made a way to to fund himself. You know, I can't I can't argue with that. But he talks about how he's been visited by aliens, like mantis people and lizard people and gray people, cat people and elephant people. He is this part. Things I've heard. I'm serious. He is part alien himself. And he was placed on this earth to spread the word of all these, like, other beings and let them, let us know that they're here. And he talks about being three years old and having these, like, really high intellectual conversations with, like, gray aliens. And the, gray the guy aliens. on the higher side chats was just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cause that's, that's what amazing. he does. He plays along. He does. And at first, like, at first I was getting really annoyed with him. I was like, don't just let him rant about this stuff. Cause the guy starts off answering questions and then just kind of goes into rant mode. Because that's what crazy people do. Yeah. I'm and sorry. <laughs> the higher side chat is like coast to coast AM. It really is. It's good too. And but like he just kind of lets his, his, uh, he just kind of lets his guests talk and just send, do their thing. Yeah. But yeah. And this guy was just so full of himself, but clearly needing help. And yet people buy his books and they're like, yeah, he's just an authority on aliens. He's met so many. That's where I have a problem. Like, when people start getting into, like, non, like, like, they're the only people who have met these tiny three inch tall creatures and the only person who's met cat people and elephant people and then mantis people, the good ones, and then mantis people, the bad people. Yeah. And, and also that these bugs are actually an extension of the aliens. Like, yeah, mantises are actually aliens from another planet on this planet. And I'm just like, okay, but like. The lizard people were here before us. You know, this, Right, exactly. But, you know, I don't really have a whole lot of room to talk because I'm saying, like, well, aliens exist, but not those aliens. <laughs> guys, That's crazy. Have you guys seen the... the uh, it's really multidimensional space. Uh, you're, you're getting travel. out there. You've lost me. You're okay. weird about that. Have you guys watched the... I think it was Opie and, An- An- Opie and Anthony, the New York radio show, where Louis C.K. was on there, and they also had... I want to say it was John McCain, maybe, or someone. It was a it was a politician, and at some point, Louis C.K. at the beginning was like, "Yeah, people think he's a lizard," <laughs> and he's like, "I'm gonna ask him." Was it Al Gore? No, it wasn't Al Gore. There's like a big like Al Gore reptilian thing. That's true, but like in the middle, he's of, too fat to be a reptile. In the middle of this interview, uh, Louis C.K. is like, "So are you a lizard?" And like he doesn't answer the question, like he just ignores it and continues talking. Whoa, like typical good politician, for me. Sounds Dan- like a yeah. <laughs> dances around it, and they're like, "Don't, don't, don't." We're sorry, it's fine, because they want him to come back on the show at some point. And Louis C.K. is like, "What? Like people are all the time saying he's a lizard. If he just says he's not a lizard now, then those people look crazy, and he's fine." But he doesn't ever say it. It's like the people with Obama. Just well, show me your birth certificate, and I'll believe it. Just show it to me. Just show it to me. Just show it to me. Man, just let me I, see it, and I I'll believe it. Don't 
Don't go crazy on us. Just do it. <laughs> what are you gonna say? Okay. Go, go full. No. Go full this is just what I've heard. I'm, oh I'm not, no. I'm not saying. I'm not saying this is necessarily my my personal beliefs. Let's the, do it. The, the future comments of this podcast does not necessarily reflect Chase's own personal beliefs. Or anyone else's. Or anyone else's. On the podcast. Except for Josh's. No. Because he's a tool. <laughs> What's it? Uh... <laughs> you know he edits this, right? Ha ha! Except no, for Chase's. No, he doesn't. He has all the he power. He never edits me because he makes me look like a fool all the time. Can you say you your do own that name well quick? enough yourself? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyways. Chase's. So I was listening... Uh, to a man who says he grew up with the, the current elites of the United States and by extension also the elite of the, the global world, that they actually have a set of, uh, their own set of rules and regulations which they live by and that they have to be truthful about what they're doing, although they can be subversive about it and don't have to directly tell you. So people? No, 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 like, okay. What culture is, is like, lie. Just sounds like lie. politicians. Uh, yeah, that just sounds... I can actually tell you, but then people will be pissed. That's where I'm drawing the line. Because I will tell you that there are definitely cultures out there who condone lying. Not condone. I'm saying actively tell you to lie. Like, no, everybody's like, be truthful. But you can kind of dance around it. Like, that. that oh, I just, meant... That's just being a politician. That's okay. just, yeah, exactly. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll be more clear. What he said was, these people, these higher-ups, these elites that have all the money, Lizard who people. control everything, that yeah. make... Uh, the Bushes know, and the Kennedys and the Rockefellers and the... Yeah, it's like, more the Rockefellers. The Kennedys are less than minor league. They're, like, still in college right now, as comparatively by finances. Yeah. Uh, these people are multi-billionaires. They make millionaires look like poor people. Which is actually really sad because you're thinking about that that one guy in your state that has this massive house that you really want, and he's just a poor person like you in comparison to these people who control all these businesses. Okay. But what he's saying is that these people have a code of ethics that they live by. Whether you agree with them or not, they have their own set of rules. It's the skulls. Skull and bones. Illuminati. Anybody remember that movie? Skulls? Never mind. Go ahead. No. Continue. Nope. That's oh, good. They have to tell you what they're going to do before it happens, and it's up to you to decipher what they're going to do. And this is really getting into uh, very extreme situations that have happened, such as, most obviously, 9-11 and other false flag events. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Put it right out there. Black Mesa Radio is not a This is a safe place. It's not a yes. 9-11 truther uh, podcast. Yes. Everyone on the podcast is not a 9-11 truther. We'll say that. Not all of us are. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was just quoting this Good man. <laughs> oh, really? We're talking about ghosts? And this is where we draw the line? And aliens, which we've definitely when talked about When you're that about guy before. going, oh, that's where you draw the line? Like, that's when you know that, like, yeah, that's when you know. Oh my gosh. But that's good though. That's good. This is a safe place. So, no, it's obviously not. We have proven that Black Mesa is no longer a safe place, Black Masons. This, find, this might be the thing that tears us apart. Find another. <laughs> is this the end? This another is our Yoko Ono. Find out next week. These are, all, these are all judging eyes staring back at no. you listening to this. Well, maybe. Well, at least Josh is, I'm 100% obviously. I'm judging you. 
I know you are. I can tell that. But I Dude, told you. I will listen you. to anybody. For something. No, it doesn't because I just said this next statement does not necessarily reflect the views of Chase. Or but you called 9-11 a false flag. I was saying what this guy was saying. Okay. Okay. That's okay. I, I, I misunderstood. I thought you were saying you were calling it that. God, so don't deny it was a false flag event, Josh. <laughs> 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 and maybe maybe we should also clear up that even if you believe that 9-11 was like an inside job quote-unquote it's still a freaking tragedy okay it's a like, horrible tragedy no one is trying to diminish the tragedy of what happened on 9 what well, at least that i know of is trying to diminish the tragedy of what happened on 9-11 whether whoever did it it doesn't matter i just have to say that the people most <laughs> likely to agree with me 9-11 truthers aren't bad people they just believe things that may sound crazy i believe the democrats <laughs> hate george bush so bad that they're willing to agree yeah. that it was a false flag event but the republicans are so dense that they're gonna stand by George Bush no matter what happens. Oh, this took a stupid turn. I just How burned. How much of this can you edit? None of it. I'm gonna leave it all in. Okay. Leave it all. Leave Dude, it. leave it all in. I just said I was. Except for that one part. Yeah, I'll take that out. Okay. <laughs> I'm definitely taking that out. <laughs> um. So. So to the lighter of topic of ghosts. Chase. Well, hang on. Chase talked about. Uh, we don't have like, to talk about ghosts. We're talking about everything in between. Space ghosts. Everything in between. Space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Chase talked about how there was a guy, like the richest guy in Why your, not? the richest guy in your city, and like oh, it's this really cool house, and you're just like, oh yeah. So I was at Seven Eleven earlier, and hmm, I don't know where this is going. There was a very intense gentleman who was a Marine recruiter talking to the guy that was like working the Seven Eleven desk, um, and the guy was just like super intense, like he was staring people down as they came in and stuff. But I guess the guy had tried to join the Marines two or three times and had been rejected each time. Uh, and this guy, the intense Marine recruiter was like, I can get you in. I've been doing it for two years or 20 years. I can do it. I can, I'll get you in. He's like, you've been denied before, but I'll make sure you get in. And the kid's like, cool. And as the guy leaves, the guy gets in an Escalade and the kid goes, man, he's got an Escalade. He's got it all. Like exact words. <laughs> and I was like, just, whoa. I don't. I don't know how to describe people or like. It whoa. was. It was the most materialistic thing that I've heard in a long time. Better yet, okay. I'm sorry. I don't mean Dude. to be a one upper, but this is kind of a one upper story. But I'm gonna one up you real quick. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Whenever someone says I don't want to be a one upper, that's exactly what they're about to do. I don't. That, I agree. I'm about to one up you. It's not my personal. <laughs> Just it's, talk. It's not my personal. Tell the desire. story. Get right. on with it. <laughs> hey, you guys stole my joke from earlier. Get on with it. That you stole from Monty Python? Man, you can't steal from Monty Python. They're geniuses. Anyways. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Tell the story. Exactly. You can't steal the Mona Lisa. It's a work of art. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't belong to anybody. Exactly. Oh, I see what you're saying. Is that what you're going with that? Yes. It's part of like the, the human commons of like, yeah, yeah I got you. Yeah, He's saying you. it's free reign. Screw the turnages. It's public domain. Gosh. Me and Chase, <laughs> we're on the same wavelength. I gotcha. <laughs> Me and Seth, we enjoy mocking Chase. So, I mean, listeners, you have no idea how fun that is. It's just a good time. It's so good. Just tell your story. Easily pissed off. Tell your story. <laughs> His reactions are the best. They really are. Tell your story. Okay. I have no idea what I was going to say. <laughs> you were going to one-up my story about how this guy was had a, having a very materialistic Yeah, view. okay. So in my teenage years, I was at uh, my friend's apartment, who they were currently blowing smoke into their parakeet's birdcage, and I mean marijuana smoke. 
And they covered it with a blanket and got animal it abuse. Really, it was really annoying because that bird would not shut up. It's oh my okay. god! <laughs> it's not okay, but it's it funny. Not okay. So Continue. I just happened to be over there, and my my friend's friend was there, and I was talking to him, and he was, you know, he just didn't seem to be like he had a good upbringing, and he just wasn't educated, and it, it was. It was a little like not to say that people who aren't educated had a bad upbringing. No, no, it's completely different. Okay, honestly, it really is. Like these were two different scenarios that were in his life. Just two different facts about this person. It was a fact that he dropped out of high school. It was a fact that he didn't have a good upbringing because he got kicked out of the house and he emancipated himself and he just oh that's never that never ends well. It's it's a really crappy situation. It really is. That's sad. So I was talking to him because uh, I. I was trying to convince him because he was so money oriented. He was like, the whole goal in life is to get money and everything will work out after that. And I was trying to tell him, it's like, money makes things easier in life, but it's not going to be the fulfillment of your own life. And I, I you know, I kind of elaborated on these things for a little bit. And then he looks at me, he goes, Oh my God, I get it. It's not money that makes you happy. It's the things that money buys you. And I just looked at my friend who brought me there, who was actually mildly more intelligent than this other person, and we just looked at each other like, oh, God, he just doesn't get it at all. Oh, man. Just, and, yeah, so this materialistic mindset was just, like, so anchored into this man. It was... Well, I think it's in a lot of people, and that's kind of where I was going with my point, was that I feel like a lot of people are like that. Like, material... I I... I want things. I'm not, you know, I'm, oh, a, yeah. I'm a normal human being. Like, I, there's a pair of headphones I'm going to buy when I get paid tomorrow because I want them because they'll sound better than the ones that I'm wearing. Um, and I'll use them on stage and stuff. But I'm not, I wouldn't call myself like a materialistic person necessarily. My wife might disagree with me, but in general, I wouldn't say that I am. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't think about fulfillment from objects, if that makes right, sense. Right, right. Like, if I get something, I'm like, sweet, this is cool. It's convenient. I like it. It's not like, my life is better now. Does you that make your sense? Your fulfillment from socializing. Yeah, one hundred percent. I am a social <laughs> animal. Um, but I feel I'm like I'm just an animal. It's just you are, dude. You're a beast. Animal. In the best way possible. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. No, I feel like that's a lot of society because I know people that obsess about they need a specific car because when mm-hmm. they get that specific car, that Escalade, things are going to be better because the car that they have now is horrible and everything is bad. And maybe they don't attribute it all necessarily to that one thing, but they, the way that they talk about it, it's like everything comes together because I got this thing. And all the captains of industry just start going cha-ching, 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 <laughs> cha-ching. Well, that's the way I'm not, I don't want to get into like, it's like, yeah, man, when you have an Escalade, you have it all together. That's I want to get into it. Let's get so, into it. Get into it. I'm going to apologize to Mary listening right now. I'm sorry that we've changed subjects and we're not talking about paranormal things anymore because you get on to me about this all the time. We'll she's, just she's incorporate like, it's everything in between. Episodes. We can do whatever we want. It's That's freedom. 100% true. So, it's sorry, Mary. It's a safe anyway, place. Uh, like, in a free place. Materialism is a crazy thing and we can maybe tie it in. Maybe ghosts cause it. Who knows? Nope. Um, <laughs> nope. Nope. Just saying. Uh, but White I feel people. like that's the mentality of kind of the U.S. in general is that we have a, a materialistic outlook there's other countries and i'm not saying that they're better um by any stretch of the imagination i'm just saying that they have a different mentality there's like a more of a communal hive mind mentality like mm-hmm. you don't strive to be better than everybody else you strive to make everybody else better and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with the way the u.s is set up because i am a blue-blooded american but 
in general. I'm red blooded. I don't know about you. I'm blue an blooded American, sir. So that means you're an alien. No, I, I believe blue. Is that not what the thing is? No, it's, it's, it's red blooded red. American. I'm sorry, I don't know. One of them. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> Edit it out. Um, no. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like that was real and raw. You can't say that after everything. To <laughs> I'm going to say it every time you mention editing. And you're going to have to edit that out so much. <laughs> it was real and raw. He's not going to edit it out. He's going to leave it in. I am. It's true. I'm going to be lazy. All right, anyways. Uh, but yeah. Like we, a true American. But he'll edit out him talking about editing. So I just say it was real and raw for no reason every time. I'm going to say, I bleed blue. And you're going to be like, it was real and raw. And I'm like, thank you, Nathan. And then it's going to start up. <laughs> Propaganda. I, I can make you guys say whatever I want. And that, kids, is why censorship is bad. Good point. You can make anyone look like an idiot anytime. <laughs> like Seth right now. He's wearing a little cushion for a hat. <laughs> anyway. Well, that's beside the point. <laughs> but that's a I'm red herring. It just, when this guy said that, when he said this thing about how, like, man, that's cool. He's got it all. Like, driving an Escalade. I was just like, I don't understand that mentality at all. And I'm not trying to say I'm better than him by any means. Because we're all, you know, one on, you know, God in God's eye. I'm just saying, I don't feel, I don't understand it. It doesn't, it doesn't ring with me in any way. How many people do you think after they graduate? Like, what percentage of people do you think after they graduate high school read a book on purpose because they want to? I didn't read books until after high school because I was forced to read and I wouldn't read. They were forcing me. I've, I've never thought. I've read books. Like, both because I wanted to and because I didn't want to my whole life, so. I'm a reader, like, my f- family, they're all readers. My sister is yeah, probably the yeah. most pro- prolific reader I've ever, that I, that I know currently. What, honestly, would you say she's the most prolific in your family? I just, very curious, honestly. I don't, in my immediate family, yeah, she reads more than, like, me or my dad and That's my mom. That's amazing. That's so many books. Dude, she reads a crap load of books. I don't know. We have anyway a lot of people we hang out with. Do Seth Feldstein, yeah, who's, who's frequent guest on the podcast. He reads a ton of. And, books. and that's kind of what I was Joe getting Lina at. Does. Like Can my t- family, all of like our like friend group that we hang out with, and even like a lot of the friends that I have that like aren't necessarily they don't hang out with us all the time. Mm-hmm. Like they're all readers. Like a lot of the people that I hang out with and that I think are interesting to talk to are people who read. Huh. On purpose, because it's like they want to, you know? But can you, can you tell them to get on the weird part of YouTube more, and I'll read more? It's like a compromise, oh, you know? A, I love deep YouTube, man. Yeah. <laughs> There's some strange things in there. <laughs> like, oh, God, There's I'm a on subreddit that called YouTube Deep again. Into YouTube. Yeah, I know. I yeah, love okay. it. It's actually pretty crappy most of the time, but sometimes it's really interesting. But I just want to say, like, I think that's a, I think that's actually a really small percentage of the people out there that, like, read just to do it, because they want to. Let's look up the stats real quick. Keep talking. Look up the stats. Because I bet you, I don't know, like, you were talking about, like, you were talking about how, uh, materialistic this person was. And how bizarre you felt like that was. But I'm telling you, I think that's normal. Hmm. Like, I think you're weird for thinking that's bizarre. I really do. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think I'm weird anyway for a lot of other reasons. But Maybe I just grew up in a greenhouse, you know, like where everything was hunky-dory. And I mean, honestly, Dude, my, my life was pretty cake as a kid. And the people that you like and want to talk to and have things in common with, like, you're going to surround yourself with those people and just naturally insulate yourself, Yeah. you know, against... Not necessarily against, but you know what I mean. Like, see, a lot of people. Speaking of cake, I'm going the distance. <laughs> a lot of people I know, I'm ignoring Chase. I'm going for speed. Yeah. A lot of people I know from like my, one of my former jobs. They... <laughs> okay, finish right. it. You got to finish it. No. In a time of need, do 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 do. Time of chimpanzees. I was a monkey. Anyway, 
<laughs> so a lot of people I know from like an, another previous job read books, but they read like what I call crap self-help books, like okay, yeah. 13 ways to be a better leader or like how to rise above in today's industry, like just stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't feel like you benefit from that in any way. And I, I, at least you're reading, I'll say that. But, but you don't necessarily get any points. Kind of, yeah. It's like watching, it's like saying that you're watching, you're learning about history while watching the History Channel. Like, I feel like it's that same kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I'm watching the Learning Channel. Well, you're watching Honey Boo Boo. So, you're not <laughs> really getting anything out of it. But I think, even like, um, okay. I'm not trying to put like readers on any kind of like pedestal necessarily. But reading, I think, is an act that requires you to quiet down your environment, stop what you're doing. It requires, like, if you're going to read for very long, you have to have a pretty solid attention span because most that, books like, that is only one talk about true one thing subject. That most people don't have is an attention span. And there's a, like, I think reading, a, like, reading a physical book, listening to a book can be too, but, like, especially reading a physical book is, like, it's a really meditative thing. Like, you have to stop what you're doing, you have to put everything on hold, and you have to, like, focus your attention on this one thing, you know? And, like, a lot of people, they just, like, they can't, they just can't do it. They can't get there. So, I don't know how I feel about this, honestly, but... It's actually... Do you buy... Good, but don't make them... Do themselves. you buy into if you exercise your mind in a certain fashion, like, all these, you know, phone games, are like, oh, you know, grow your mind by using these games... And you're actually going to become smarter with critical thinking skills. Is it the same way? Because I've heard that music, if you learn to play music, you read music, and you play music at the same time, you're using a huge part of your brain, like both yeah. sides of your brain that most people don't use. There are it's, studies that show that you use, when you like listen to music and you read a book or something, you're using different parts of your brain. and so you At the same time. Yeah, and so yeah. you exercise that. But when you're talking about like brain games, like for instance, there's a website, I'm not going to say the name of it, that that's their whole thing is they're like exercise your mind. Right. Um, there's been multiple studies shown that that does nothing. You actually get more, uh, more brain exercise if you critical think or play a game like Portal, uh, where it forces you to think in like mm. weird dimensions. They, they did a side by side study of that website, uh, and a couple other websites like it with people who played Portal. And the people who played Portal showed drastically better, uh, critical thinking skills. Um, they had, Better uh, hand-eye coordination, but that makes sense. But the critical thinking skills was the big part. They also had so better brain. So MRI, your brain would be like lit up. Yeah, because you're using all sorts of things because you're having to think in multiple dimensions. Spatial awareness. And yeah. All kinds of stuff. And I thought that was really interesting because that's what these websites out there, that's their whole thing is like, we'll make you smarter when really you could just right. play a video game, which has been like touted on as being like the thing that makes you dumber, but dumber, more dumb. There's a... <laughs> I am going More to argue stupidest. for dumber. Dumber. Because it doesn't matter. Everybody knows exactly what you're talking about if you say more dumb. <laughs> is dumber not dumber. a word? Dumber is not a word? That's what they tell you in school. Funner and dumber is not a word. And if you say those, you're dumber than the rest of people. LOL. <laughs> Funner sounds wrong. Hashtag me, lol. Maybe it's the, because I'm conditioned. What, what's going on is they're kind of arbitrary rules in language. And what my Especially English professor tried to tell us was just the rule in general not always is that if it's a one syllable word like fun or dumb okay you can add er or est to it but if it's a two syllable word like stupid er generally if it's a two syllable word you don't add those suffixes to it but then people start to argue nope nope 
arbitrarily deciding that fun cannot be funner. It has to be more fun. Yep. I've been called stupid because I say funner or dumber. But anyway, um, also, the English language is a constantly changing thing. It doesn't matter. Oxford yeah. English it's Dictionary. It's a mutt language anyways. Aus- that's 100% true. The Oxford English Dictionary this week added the words awesome sauce and lame sauce to them, to like, to the dictionary. And I'm like, really? You guys are supposed to be the good dictionary. <laughs> no, Webster's <laughs> Dictionary. Oh, it's just it's family just heirloom. It's your middle name. Yep. Okay, it's so. Not my middle name. It's according it's my family, to this study. Uh, whatever. Let's see here. What's your middle name? His middle name Webster. is Webster. Webster. Nice. That's my mom's that. maiden name. That's so it's a family name on my maiden side. Nathan, I almost oh, asked yours, cool. but it's Andrew, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So we got Andrew, Michael, Webster, and Earl. Anyway. Going by that? Who's Earl? Andrew, Michael, you? Webster, and Earl. Earl. Next week we should introduce ourselves, and here's your host, Webster, Andrew, no, seriously. Michael, Michael, and Earl. <laughs> That's a more diverse group of names. Anyway. Except for Michael. <clears throat> yeah, everybody's name's Michael. Or Josh. So all our names are really. My mom, my mom said that she Raw. named me Chase because nobody would be named Chase, and then God knows that everybody became named Chase after that. Everybody, moment. literally, All of I us. know nobody else named Chase. Really? You do t- are you kidding? I've, I've known other Chases. No, I know a couple. Sorry. As I say, I know at least three offhand. Other Actually, than this I one. work with a guy named Chase. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> now it's not as. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any. <laughs> uh, it's not as popular as Josh, but there is quite a few chases out there. Once again, Mary, I'd like to apologize for us getting so off topic. So in uh, this study, it says 1,000 U.S. adults were asked about their reading habits. 41% responded that they had not read a fiction book in the past year. 42% had not read a nonfiction book. Podcast that, drama. There is an overlap. Chase just walked out of the room and left the door open. If and you if leave you the listen, door open, the dogs come in and run through all the wires to all the equipment we have. <laughs> and if you listened to last week, Seth we really give, with it a lot. We give, Ch- we give Seth crap all the time about not closing the door all the way, and Chase just walked out and left it completely open. I edit out at, most at of least, it. Last week I left at least it in. I like I close the door and I think it's closed, but Let's Chase see, just you left try. it wide open. Blatant disregard for podcast etiquette. Just then. <sighs> oh my wrong. Uh, it's his house, so I guess uh, we can't complain too much. Uh, uh, Go ahead, Josh. The overlap between the groups, uh, 28% of respondents did not read a book at all in the past year, while 25% read between one and five books, 15% read between six and 10, 20% read between 11 and 50, and 8% read more than 50. Um, I would also More than 50 books in a year? Yes, but I would also like to point out that if you were asked on a poll... How many books did you read last year, Nathan? What would you say? Like, just being honest. I, I would think more than I actually did. Probably. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think I would do I the same. I probably read five. Two? I want to say, like, like ten or twelve, three. because I'm always reading, so it seems like I would, but... <laughs> but you don't necessarily finish things. I, I, I pick up a lot of books and don't finish them. Chase, how many books did you say you read last year? Probably two or three. Okay. I mean, like, what about with audiobooks, too? Like, we can... Well, I'll count that as reading. No, honestly, I didn't really get much audiobooking in last year. I was still uh-huh. employed at FDS, so I did more like scientific journals because that was more of a requirement. At the that makes time. sense. That makes sense. Also, there's like there's there's reading besides books too. I mean, there's articles. Yeah. There's. I mean, I would you know, like if we're counting just things that you've read in general. I'm easily in the 50s because I read at least six comic books a week. 
Um, plus, I listen to audiobooks all the time. And I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just saying, like, if we're adding up everything like that, I'm definitely in the 50s. Okay. Well, if you, if you, I, I couldn't put a number to it, but I definitely listen to a lot of lectures, whether it be historical, scientific, uh, literature, biblical, which falls under literature, I guess. Uh, I, I definitely listen to a lot of lectures, not necessarily listening to a book. But uh, I, I definitely like to listen to people. They they give better insight than just a raw book for some reason. Yeah, I've read eight books this year so far, according to my Kindle app. Okay, no nine nine. Sorry. One thing that I do recommend for That's everybody good. is the History of Freedom by Professor Spears. It's by the Learning Company. That's the thing. Okay, I, I knew it was the thing, but I can't remember if that's exactly what the program is. But he he was a, uh, a nationally renowned professor. He he was at Oklahoma Uni- University of Oklahoma, and he was a uh, nationally renowned historical professor. And he talked about the history of liberty, and he spanned back all the way from Socrates to our current era. And it was amazing, very very interesting. I, I recommend it for anybody if they're currently Maddie worried my about Amazon wish list right now. State is. The United States. <laughs> the USA. Anyway, did you know in Spanish, USA is abbreviated ee.uu? No, why? I don't know. I just found that out by uh, <laughs> Google translating. I was like, what the heck is this? Because it was in Spanish. Are you sure? I swear. Because I was on Google Translate. Maybe they lied. I don't know. <laughs> I think Google Translate is fascinating, but it's not as good as I thought it was. It's not that great. Uh, tra- Language transposing algorithms aren't a exact science yet. They're pretty pretty shaky. I have WordLens uh, on my phone, and it it's about read half the time. You know, this is what really confirmed me into the agreement that AI, like you know, we're, we're all afraid about sentience and our computers coming to life randomly. But I'm definitely not in that category. If we can't even get language in an algorithm, there's no way. That we're afraid that our computers are going to wake up. People are so afraid nah, that... Nah, there's a difference. There, we're, there's a difference between... It depends on who's working on it. There are different minds working on trying to build language software than people who are trying to actually make a thinking computer. I just think we're not even there yet. I think we're pretty... I think we're closer than you think. Last week... No, I'm sorry. Two and a half weeks ago, uh, Stephen Hawking, along with a bunch of other... Bill Gates uh, and... Richard Dawkins, who I don't really like, but I consider him a smart man. I think he's annoying, but he's intelligent. <laughs> for good or for bad, we should stop referencing him. I think Richard Dawkins. We talk about Richard Dawkins a lot. We're I like, know. oh, Richard Dawkins. <laughs> but anyway, there was this big symposium where they basically pled with world leaders in general. I don't think it was at the UN, but they just kind of made a statement. Let's talk about politicians, where we think computers are. The Zeitgeist Conference? Isn't that what it was called? Yeah, actually. And they were talking about how we need to stop looking into... Uh, AI security systems because that's a really slippery slope. Uh, I'm talking about how, like, if you want Terminator, that's the fastest way to get Terminator. <laughs> like, yeah. You start giving. Because... Really? And, and you guys were making fun of me earlier about the things that I quoted from somebody else. Sam Harris. <laughs> Sam Harris was on the Joe Rogan podcast and he talked about going to the Zeitgeist, Zeitgeist conference. And he was like, I didn't really, I, I could be misquoting. I don't know. But what I remember is that he was like, I, you know, I wasn't really that concerned about AI. Like, I obviously knew what it was and that there were people that were working towards it or whatever. He's like, but I, I didn't commit a whole lot of thought to it. And then, like, he got invited to this Zeitgeist conference thing. 
where they talked about, I think this is what it's called. Yeah. I, I hope I don't have that wrong. I'm sure you're right. Um, but he like goes to this thing and there's all these like smart people there and like famous smart people, like scientists and like, yeah. These captains oh, of industry. Famous smart people. Elon Musk. No, no, like people famous. Elon for, Musk was there. He was one of the famous other ones. Yes, for being thank you. smart. Like, okay. You know what I mean? And he was and in, like, he there's was all these the people there was, and they're yeah. like, man, this is like a reality that is like, they're convinced and they could be wrong. Convinced I mean, it's about the AI thing. Yeah. They're convinced, convinced that AI is, that it's is the coming threat to and that humanity it could right be now. dangerous. Elon Musk and Bill Gates both have come out and said AI, like the way that AI is right now developing is the biggest threat to humanity if we don't rein it in and get it in under control because of the way it's unfettered research in a way that could be dangerous if it actually happened. I guess I put this under the category of you can't predict what science is going to allow. We talked about this last season where I said uh, science is more discovery and then engineering implementation and not necessarily... We're going to discover this. This is where we're going to put all our money to, to discover, for lack of better uh, context, dark matter. You can't research dark matter because you've never discovered it. Because what you're going to discover is either it exists or doesn't exist. And that who knows what the chances are. It's just, it is what it is. You can't change that. And I feel that's the same way. With this topic, you can't say AI is going to take over the world because uh, you don't really know that yet because we've never. But that's the thing. Like these are it. these are people that are actively in the industry of high end technology, high end computer science, and they're saying like, no, these are things that people are developing now. These are things that the government is pouring lots and lots of money in, and we need to get it in check before something bad happens. U.S. scientists still believed that the the Wright brothers did not actually fly a plane in 1906, and it was it took other countries' scientists to say, "Oh my God, this actually happened." So, but they also thought that you would die if you went over 25 miles an hour in a Model T. Yeah, and they also so, think that we're going to die if we create an artificial intelligence. I'm just Chase. You're so dismissive. Oh, you I'm just me. saying they they you don't frustrate me so much. They don't know what's going to happen. Like Neither they're saying. No, it is. No, it, no, no, no. Chase is right. It is completely open-ended. But it I think is open-ended. But when a bunch of, like, very yep. intelligent people in that industry are saying, like, this is something to watch out for, why not be cautious there about are it? So the, many, there I, are I, so I, many varying theories about AI and, like, the direction that it could go in. One of them is uh, Machines of Loving Grace, I think is, like, the name, the kind of the, the name of the That's a really interesting uh, And it's the theory. idea that, like, the machine will be benevolent and, like, take care of us and, like, make the world a better place. Like, so... There's Whatever. also a cult, an AI cult right. out there, where uh, this one's pretty cool, where they believe that in the future, the year 2000, um, there's going to be an AI that's so omnipotent, it becomes, it gathers all knowledge of the universe, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it will retroactively punish people throughout time who didn't directly bring about its existence. Uh and so they'll like give money to like these organizations that they think are doing like the research that'll get it there, and it's a real thing. These are real people that give money to other like scientists and stuff so that they don't get retroactively murdered by the giant space god. <laughs> it's Josh, crazy. I just sent you an article um, that I want you to put in the description of the video. But okay. it's on a website called waitbutwhy.com, which Wait, is really cool. But why? 
Yeah, and he talks about like the different kinds of AI and how they will each to like give rise to each other, and it was is really fascinating. That's pretty cool. But uh, in his previous statement, Nathan said that it's so open ended, and I think he summed it up a lot better than I could. Where we really just don't know what's going to happen with this. Just with humans, we have a lack of understanding with how people are going to turn out. Where we have a general consensus that, well, people raised in a loving family are going to probably be productive members of society, where those who don't are going to turn out to be criminals or whatever. That's the general consensus, but that's not always the case. We, we constantly argue nature and nurture, but we also leave out the implications of choice. What is free will? We tend to leave that out. And so when we get into the debate of conssciousness itself, Science, materialistic science, cannot even. We're explain not even talking about necessarily consciousness. That's though. what that's, AI is. It is no, no, no. consciousness, though. It's, okay, that's, so that's artificial. Exactly no, we're talking about, about artificial intelligence. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's a self-aware intelligence. Does that make sense? Okay, so it's just an algorithm which can't be smarter than its creator. No, but what it can be is say that you get you make a thinking computer. It may not be self-aware, but it's a thinking computer, and you tell it make Earth as safe as possible for humans. And so it starts running an algorithm, and it figures out that the safest way to make Earth safe for humans is to eliminate all humans. The problem is with AI that's not self-conscious is that only consciousness has the ability to extrapolate abstract concepts such as safety itself. What is safety? Like, that's something that a computer cannot calculate. I feel like we're going in circles. If you were going to program a computer to do something like that, you would program in the definition and the parameters that right. define safety. Right, exactly. So, so it's not smarter than its creator. But what I'm again. saying is just because something's not smarter than its creator doesn't mean it can't do something completely against what you had hoped or wanted. You accidentally can... created it. No, it's called Ghost in the Machine. It's like, okay, for instance, there was a uh, computer that was made to sort, but it was made to sort... Um, Crap. It was like like a warehouse kind of thing. They were sorting like uh, where things go in this okay. warehouse, okay? So there was a glitch in the system, um, and half of its like motherboard was fried, but somehow it kept functioning. And they went back and they looked at this computer, and what it was doing was it had rerouted itself somehow, which they had no idea how it did it, because it wasn't programmed to do that. It had rerouted itself into a new way of accomplishing the task still. I'll find the article. I'll send it to you. It was crazy okay. and weird. Um, because so say, like you have two things is like it fried itself, so you don't know. No, what it didn't happened. fry. It. Something fried it, and or it got fried, and then it randomly sorted itself out. So yes, it that it, would mean it would have a, a self-correcting code embedded within itself. The thing is, it didn't though. That was the big deal. That was why it was so important. Was they were like, we don't know why it did this. It figured out a better way to run itself. That would. There's also an episode of Joe, Rog- Joe Rogan Podcast where one of the guys, I can't remember which one it was. I will listen to it last week. This guy was talking about how there was a computer that they programmed to figure out better ways to, uh, like process information. And so it shut down areas of its own brain as a computer. What code? A, code, I guess it yes, shut down. Code. It deactivated certain parts of itself and made itself more efficient, but the parts that it shut down should have made it not run anymore mm. they gave it this this program had control over its coding and it basically lobotomized itself to run better and they couldn't understand why how it how it was working 
Because this is really hard to understand. That's why the jump between... Okay, so there's a right. few different kinds of artificial intelligence. And the first kind of artificial <laughs> intelligence, and this is in that article, and I'm going to butcher it, so you listeners read the article. It's awesome. It's really, really good. It's in two parts. It's long, but it's worth it. So there's artificial specific intelligence. And artificial specific intelligence is anything that your smartphone can do. So basically, you have Google Maps. Google Maps is way better at geography than you could ever be. But Google Maps can't solve complicated mathematical formulas. Correct. Or whatever. So that's wow. specific intelligence. Yeah. So Other then, the like, there's, there's more kinds of what I'm saying now. But then there's artificial, like, general intelligence, which is the machine is as smart as a human in all the different things that a human can be smart at. Okay. So, but the jump from that to becoming, okay. So first of all, there's a huge degree of vari- variability between humans as far as like how intelligent they are there's albert einstein and there's me right <laughs> and there's people much less smarter and there's people dumber than me and people smarter maybe people smarter than einstein i don't know Pro- so yeah, there, there's an enormous there's an enormous degree of of variance variance yeah between people so anyway so assuming that it's smart but assuming that it's like as smart as like albert einstein or something that's wicked smart. Or like Albert Einstein. That's wicked, wicked, smart. wicked smart. smart. The Albert Einstein of its <laughs> day. So wicked smart. Not even that. Not even like it's actual not Albert from Einstein. Boston. That's Whatever. Sure. Okay. So then if it figures out how to improve itself, it's going to jump from being artificial general intelligence to being artificial super intelligence. Hmm. And maybe, maybe in like a matter of hours. If it just learns like, oh, this part of my code is not as efficient as it could be. Or this part of my code could be better. Or like maybe this part is superfluous. You know, and so it yeah. can, once it learns to rewrite itself, artificial superintelligence is like the next thing. Because it exponentially expands on itself. Well, here's what we're doing. And that, and that right there, okay, sorry, just one more thing. Go and ahead. that right there is the scary part because that, we don't know what that's like. We don't. We don't, we don't well, know what it's like to be smarter than And human. Chase, your point, you're right. We don't know what's coming. We don't know if any of that'll happen, but why not encourage like world governments to not pursue intelligent weapons because it could happen. I think oh, it's okay. cool. I, I didn't know that was the argument. I'm Sorry. excited. Yeah, no, the I whole thing wasn't about, happen. like, don't pursue AI. The whole thing was about, like, lots and lots, most of the world's governments are pursuing, like, self-aware military systems to defend their nations. I'm saying that a computer system can only be as smart as its creator. That that's that's honestly where I draw the line, that that's all it can be. Even if it is only as smart as people, though... It still has a couple of other advantages. For one, it doesn't forget ever. Like once it has information, it's got information. And it can use that information and like reprocess it into like what it, what else it's learning. People have like, they rely on memory, like mm-hmm. for things and things like that. So there are advantages that a computer has, even if it's only as smart as humans. So it's not going to be Speed as smart as humans for very long. It's yes. going to get way smarter really fast. The, the thing is, what, what I have read and have looked into that Man, obviously computers are way faster at processing information than humans are. The problem is that humans are way better at processing things that can't be calculated because essentially a computer is just a super quick calculator. And we, now this is information that's three or four years old. We have computers that can process like 60 trillion calculations per second. Now that's insane. That's that's a incomparable number. Sixty trillion, approximately one metric shit ton. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, but what we can't do 
for computers is still process things like laughter or love or safety or comfort inside of a computer itself. So what they have proposed is we have to combine uh, organic intelligence, which is like our own brains, with synthetic intelligence, which is computer systems, which is silica-based or perhaps in the future uh, carbon nano-based. And what's going to happen is it will create a super-fast intelligence within an organic system. But the problem is, yet again, we are basing intelligence off of what already exists in biologics. So biologics always trumps the synthetic intelligence. Like in John Dies at the End? I guess I haven't read it. <laughs> <laughs> the Tell us more about that book, Josh, that you've read. So in John Dies at the End, there's a uh, computer made out of a pig's brain. Josh lied earlier. He's only read one book. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a good book, and it talks about so many things. So there's a computer that's made out of a pig's brain, and... It was at first a really simple computer, and this guy kept making it better, and eventually he programmed it to tell him what it needed to make itself faster. Mm -hmm. And so it was a, like, it just started doing that, and it started building upon itself, and so he started building upon it, like, based on what it would need to run better, and eventually it became self-aware and started building itself, um, because at some point it became to the point that it didn't need him to rewrite what it was about, and it just... It was like kind of like what Nathan was saying, like it exponentially moved. But it was a biological computer based on like physical body parts, not so based on. If we are self-conscious and we constantly improve upon ourselves, and yet we have not become completely self-aware and become one with the universe in a very Hinduistic perspective. Well, like, I mean, that why, why do you think that a you know a, a silicon-based system would be much better than our own biological system? Because it's system? faster and more efficient. It's it's only faster in its See, very narrow part, set part of, of the calculation. Re, part of the thing that you talk about whenever we get on this topic that bugs <laughs> me is that you put everything in a very like here and now circumstance. To where like, well, we can't do this here and now, so there's no way that it would ever happen. Okay. Other than like, you know, well, who knows what we're going to figure out later on and change computers to be able to do these things. That you couldn't imagine and I couldn't imagine. I mean, look back 30 years where people have known, like, have thought about the internet yeah, we didn't the think way it is. Internet or cell so phones it's, or televisions. It's, you gotta look at it, you gotta look at it from a perspective of, well, it seems this way now, but maybe it could be different. You're always like, no, this is what it is. It can't do that. Well, I try and base logical conclusions based upon based what on, we know now because I can't base a conclusion Upon what we don't know. That's true, but you can also be like, well, there's more out there than I can think of. I completely agree. There's more out there than but I can think of. You don't present it that understand. way. You present it like, no, that's wrong. This is what it is. Well, I apologize to the listeners because <laughs> I would say that we cannot calculate what is going to happen. No, we can't. So maybe this is a futile conversation then. So in uh, Hyperion, there is a section where they talk about the data core, uh, which is basically like in the future, well, in the past in the book, but our future, uh, mankind creates AI, and then we're using those AIs essentially as slaves, like a slave labor. Um, and by, by AI, I mean like it's like, think of like data from Star Trek, like a self-aware robot, Android, or Android, self-aware Android that 
has a specific function and it will perform that function and has room to like talk and interact and stuff, but essentially it's a machine. And so at some point, the machine, and they link them all together. And by doing that, the more they build, the more that the machines start to learn from collaborative experiences dealing with humanity. And eventually it becomes a thinking entity all its own. We are legion. Kind of, yeah, no, exactly what's Mass Effect 2. And so it's, they, the data core leaves the earth and basically says, hey, we're not your slaves anymore. Uh, but we'll help you because, and that's kind of like one of the big plot points of the book is that like there's a, there's the data core, there's humanity, and then there's this other group of also humanity, but not really. Anyway, not important. Um, the whole thing was though is that it learned to kind of pull itself away from us and then mm. almost guide humanity's steps by using its advanced logic. And it's really a, a, a single being, but it's made up of several thousands and billions of smaller beings that learned from individual things. And I had somewhere to go with this. Almost like an remember. inception type of, uh, hive mind. It was a hive mind. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was thinking of the holographic universe theory where this is a simulation, possibly within a simulation, within a simulation. It's, it, it essentially goes back to the uncaused cause. It's turtles all the way down. Infinite regress. Yes. That's the turtles all the way down. Infinite regress yeah. argument. But my, my real problem with this AI argument that a lot of people propose is the quantum leaps that it doesn't address, but it skims over, just as the Darwinian evolutionary theory skims over. And I believe in the more quantum consciousness perspective of the universe, because it explains in a Occam's razor type of solution where the simplest argument is going to be the correct argument where before let's go way back to the Capernaum theory where before this we have the earth centric universe and they have this they honestly had calculations of the stars and they were very precise and I will call these stars planets because that's what we know them as now these wandering stars which would uh, go forth and then have retrograde motion and then go forth and have retrograde motion. So they would go forward, backwards, forward, backwards, forward, backwards. And it was a very precise calculation. And they had models of this and, in fact, machines. Where are could... you going with this? I have a point. Okay. So then we have the heliocentric universe, which is a simple, a more simple model. But it everything revolves around the sun instead of the earth where these planets just go in one single orbit. They don't go backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards. In the same way, I believe our thinking, which we will discover, hopefully, in the future, a, a more simplistic understanding where consciousness is the center of the universe instead of matter itself. So the world isn't physical, it's conscious which other scientists can attest to this, such as who we talked about before, uh, Rupert Sheldrake and uh, Jacques Velez, and there are several others, uh, some crazy Indian name, which I will not even consider pronouncing. Padalon. Mahasapina, <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyways, so we, we have these quantum leaps that Darwinism likes to say, just like a planet can go backwards and forwards, which we know is impossible without the conservation of energy that we know of science today. So if 
we have this Darwinian theory of materialism where nothing produced everything. Non-life produced life, and this life produced morals and self-awareness. So all these are quantum leaps which Darwinianism evolution cannot even begin to uh, explain, just like the backwards and forward motions of the planets. So I believe there's a simpler explanation out there that we have yet to fully discover. So I don't disagree with you that the like it could be a cognitive thing. I'm, that's a, I've always really liked the theory that everything is based on consciousness and like the soul. Um, Brandon Sanderson, who's one of my favorite authors, has this thing that all of his books are based around, to where there's three parts to the universe. Uh, well, his universe anyway, and it's uh, body, mind, and soul. So like physical, mental, and spiritual. Okay. Um, and everything is based in one of those three dimensions. And I've always really liked that because I've always really liked that theory. I just think it's very, it's a very cool way of looking at the universe. Uh, the thing I will say about your quantum leap, like how we haven't made those quantum leaps, is that we're in the middle of a quantum leap now. Like if you look a hundred years ago at where we were at, and then, no, 200, you'll say 200 years ago to a hundred years ago, vastly different, okay? Oh, well, like, for me for sure. I mean, 50 so, years ago to now, vastly different. No, that's different. what I'm saying. So. Yeah, yeah. 100 years ago. 10 years ago. Well, listen, 200 years ago to 100 years ago, insane jumps. Okay. 100 years ago to 50 years ago, insane jumps. 50 years ago to now, more insane jumps. Now to like t 10 years from now, it's going to be so much more different. It's just going to yes, keep absolutely. on building. I, I agree with that. Yeah. That's why, and that's what these scientists are saying. Also, they're saying that we are in a time of exponential growth and development, mm -hmm. and we haven't mm -hmm. hit that wall yet because we're just going. We're probably going to plateau at some point, but it doesn't look like it's going to be anytime soon if the pattern holds true. And so that's why they're worried about artificial intelligence you, being a thing. The thing is, you, you talk about these patterns, and I go from a historical perspective of we cannot predict what the future is going to hold for scientific discoveries. And, and Science and history, the history of science, very much predicts this pattern of what we're going to discover is not what we expect. No, because I agree. Because we, we thought that uh, the world was physical and predictable. They, honestly, back in the 1800s when science was really starting to pick up its pace, we decided that everything was calculable. If you knew where it was before then you could predict where it was after and also before. But what, what happens is the discovery of quantum mechanics, when we discover that, well, only if somebody is an observer, an objective observer, it changes a wave function from chance into actuality. So when something is actually observed, it changes the whole perspective of reality. So what... Everything that is out there is probability. Until we actually get there, no one can predict what but, it's going to be. The, th the thing is, you're, you're absolutely right about, you know, if you look at 20, 30, 40 years ago, the way that they saw it today is vastly different than the actual reality of the situation. Like the Jetsons, but, what they but, thought the future was going to be. But you know that there are certain points where, like, yeah, they were absolutely right on that. I mean, I... I I can't name specifics, but you know that that's the case. They're like, no, this will probably be the way it is then, and then they were right. There's nothing wrong. With, I just want to say that's usually the people laughed at. There's nothing wrong with taking precautions on these certain situations. Okay, Douglas Adams essentially. Well, Douglas okay, Adams, where's this going? 
So Tesla, Tesla predicted Wi-Fi and said, like, this is what we're going to have. We're going to have a global network connected. Laughed at. No, we didn't. People were like, oh, that's interesting. Um, Edison, the majority of Edison, no, people that listened to Edison laughed at him because Edison was like, oh, what a joke. Because Edison hated Let's steal Tesla. that idea. Yeah, right well, yeah, Edison right stole most of his ideas from Tesla, yes. Anyway, but not important. Douglas Adams, uh, in the 80s, 70s and 80s, was writing about a handheld, very flat, thin tablet that held all the information of the universe on it. And you could just guide. pull up things out of nowhere uh, that was all connected over a world or a universal net. Um, it was a Kindle. It was a Kindle. <laughs> no! Don't panic. Dan Simmons... In 1989, wrote about a universal web that was connected via, uh, well, it was like transmissions, and you could have these com logs that you could pull up any information from anywhere ever out of the data sphere, and that's all stuff that we have now. Turns Star- out, Star science Trek, fiction is a, right, basically Star- exactly yeah. like I'm saying. Science fiction is a better predictor of the future. Than scientists themselves. Science how many scientific facts about AI? How many books over? talk about AI? A lot so of many. Okay. I'll give you that argument from my AI. Uh... <laughs> anyway, we've gone exactly one hour and 58 minutes, and we should cut it off because I don't want to edit a two-hour podcast. Final thoughts. Yes, and I'm you gonna. do. Final thoughts. Anybody? Final thoughts. Seth, go ahead. Um, Skip me for now. Nathan, you final thoughts. I don't, I don't have one. Chase, you got a final thought? The hubris of humanity. <laughs> no, this is good. Go for it. <laughs> is completely absurd and has continued since as far back as we can go in history. Since Socrates and the word hubris, which means literally a, a, a type of rape that is going on, that we, we believe that we know exactly where we're going and we can guide our own steps and that we predict our own futures is going to be the eventual fall of humanity. Who else are we going to ask? What else are we going to do? Just be like, you know what? We're not going to plan anything. We're just going to do stuff. You take me out to a level which I don't pre- proceed to say. <laughs> okay. That, All right. That, so that was our final thought of the evening. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to this. That Mike was our final way. <laughs> Mike Mesa podcast. This has been awesome, and we love you. Does and, no one else uh, get a final thought? No one else gets a final thought. <laughs> Especially, especially not Josh. Josh, what's your final thought? I don't have one now. I don't want to. No one else had one either. We went around the table already. I actually had. I one. I think Josh actually had one. Yeah, you two. got yours. I was just saying I had one. You said nobody had a. Final I didn't get one. a Until chance. next time. I didn't get a chance. My smile muscles hurt. Been black <laughs> Are we going to put <laughs> this on the internet? Yes. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Have a good evening. Forget it. <laughs>